The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Hey, hey, mercy, woman plays a song and no one listens. I need help, I'm falling again. Play the drum a little louder, tell me I can live without her if I song is coming on the show this evening at long last it's taken um uh, a lot of toing and froing um and at long last mr michael nesmith is coming on the show this evening we um we are calling him at half past 10 although i do not have a telephone number for him i've had a delightfully uh, bizarre email exchange with the former monkey today where um uh, I've run a small record label, and we're releasing a Mike Nesmith live album, uh, which he has signed off. Literally, he signed it off. And so I emailed him to say, Michael, just to let you know, the live at the Paris Theatre uh, LP and CD look great. They should be with you soon. Do you fancy coming on the radio show? He replied, OK, what's live at the Paris Theatre? And I'm thinking, okie dokie. I said, uh, it's the um, live album that you recorded for the BBC in 1975 that was never released and we're releasing it. Okay, if you say so, that's it. That was it. That was it. But he's coming on. The legend, the man who invented MTV, his mother invented Tipex, and he invented country rock, will be on this show. Fingers crossed 
uh, about half past ten. Until then, 0344 499 1000 is the uh, telephone number. Uh, it does bear saying, uh, we had some really sad news um, before the show start, uh, started. And thank you, Harry, for pointing this out to me. Um, uh, do you, I, I can't remember which performance ring it was. For those who are new to the show, for, for a while, Catherine and I did... Um, a thing called performance ring. Well, we didn't really do it. We hired a room, and, and then you, dear listener, would come along and provide the talent. And the, the weirder and the more wonderful, the better. And there was one act, and I use the term act in inverted commas. It was a guy called Ed Surname, who had, um, he basically, he'd filmed his entire life for about the last, it was like the last 20 years or something, maybe even longer, because he was, he was about 30 when he came in. He'd certainly been doing it, yeah, maybe about 20 years. And he'd filmed it all. And he was making this wonderful, wonderful film of it, which I think you can buy, actually. And he came and he gave a talk about it and he showed clips from it. And it was, I'm going to be honest, it was absolutely nuts. It was insane. It was weird, it was funny, it was uncomfortable, it was stupid and dumb and wonderful for all of those reasons. I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. Um, and he was obviously, you know, he was obviously uh, 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 thought differently from us mere mortals, uh, Ed. And then we just got the very sad news that he, 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 uh, he killed himself. This week, I think, um, and um, that is totally knocked me for six totally knocked me for six i didn't see that one coming and I, I, listen i don't know the fella i met him that night i am of course isn't it funny who was it was it um was it ross last night who was talking about a friend's suicide it was wasn't it and he yeah. this was about the guilt he felt around that and um ed has sent me a couple of emails asking if he could come on this show and asking if he could come on the rabbit hole um the last one was was just over two months ago and i didn't reply to them and, and because i don't really reply to a lot of emails if you've ever emailed me and you've got a reply you are one in a hundred because i don't I, I i don't so of course i'm feeling guilty if i'd have replied listen i'm, I'm not dumb if I'd have replied to him, I, 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 I don't think that that would have had any impact at all on what he um, chose to do. If you can get the phones, please, John. Uh, uh, it, 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 any impact or made any difference. But, of course, I'm feeling a little bit guilty, as we do. Um, but it just goes to show he was 32. Um, I know for a fact, because people have told me on Twitter, that he was encouraging... Um, others through um kind of depression and through some things that they were were going to look lane lane's put this in as a tweet so i'm sure he won't mind me reading this out uh, that's taken the wind out of my sails he dm'd me when i was down a couple of months ago trying to boost me and um i did look at his twitter feed and um his last tweet uh, is a retweet, and it's a retweet that you may have seen. It's had 220,000 retweets. I saw it. Um, it's from a, a young lady called Talinda Bennington, and it's a photo of um, uh, of a family, including a rather, you know, a smiling and laughing young man. I guess he's young, 30. And her tweet is, and this is, uh, is Ed's last retweet, this was days before my husband took his own life. Suicidal thoughts were there, but you'd never know. 
And that is just the saddest thing. <sighs> yes, yeah, that's, that's that really knocked me for six. Really knocked me for six. Um, so, Ed, uh, hats off. I'm saluting you. And I'm, I'm sorry that anybody could feel so much pain that 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 is the only option that they uh, think is viable um all i can say is if, if what if i'm you know what little i've said in terms of description if that in any way feels like you or feels like somebody that you love um one one six one two three the samaritans one one six one two three i can't say it enough it's free um it's anonymous. You can tell them as much as you want, as little as you want. You can make it up, you, you, whatever. One one six one two three. Don't ever. Fi- and, I, and I'm not gonna. I read the news article. I'm not gonna read what he did. But oh, Jesus, poor bastard. I mean, ah oh, man. Uh, let, let, let's try not to let anyone else um, lose their life like that, if we can, please. One one six one two three. If you're struggling. Go and talk to someone, whether it's a paid professional, whether it's your mate, whether it's uh, a priest, whether it's it's the Samaritans, whoever. If you're struggling, go and talk to someone. Please, 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 please. There's there's no reason. We don't want to lose um, any more people. There's no reason for people to die because of that. And um, I, I don't know the bloke, but I feel like I'm welling up. It's broken my heart, absolutely broken my heart, because uh, he was an artist. He was an artist. Um, so, so that's happened. So there's, and we found out literally it was about twenty minutes before the show started. And I'm, I'm really glad that we were told. So thank you, Harry, for for, for alerting me uh, to that. Um, and uh, we move onwards, and 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 we carry on tonight's show is gonna be where's my bit of paper with my um answers written? oh there it is tonight's show so fingers crossed Ten thirty, we've got mike nesmith of the monkeys coming up fingers crossed that's the plan but he's a little bit vague he's a little bit hazy um and I'm, i've interviewed him seven years ago and i am desperately trying to think of original questions to ask him i think question one is um because uh, he was like, uh, if you read his autobiography, he was in a bit of a bromance with Jack Nicholson. He was in a bromance with Jack Nicholson in 1967-68. Imagine. What a time. So I, I, I got feeling that the main thrust of the interview is going to be about Jack Nicholson and taking acid. I think that's where we're going to go with that. In the meantime, you can come on, dear listener, and uh, talk absolute guff or nonsense or heavy stuff or whatever. It's Friday evening, 0344... 0344- 499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, of course, uh, if, if there are any developments in um, the uh, terror attack that happened on the London Underground today, we will let you know. I suspect that there won't be any developments tonight. Um, but, of course, we will keep an eye on that. And if we hear any breaking news about that, we will make sure... Uh, that we uh, let you know about that. But uh, this show is called The Late Night Alternative, and, um, I, you know, I think we should provide an alternative tonight, of all nights, in, um, you know, what can be a really miserable world, can't it? Oh, three, that, I love the way that Catherine there subtly was trying to quietly move the microphone and then just went... <laughs> 
You just wanged it. You just wanged it. You were it. getting louder. I thought I could get away with it. <laughs> you, but then there was a doing, pause. You're gentle. Oh three four four. Four nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. I'm Ian Lee. She's Catherine Boyle. This is the late night alternative on Talk Radio. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. My computer is extraordinarily slow these days. I'm t- I'm switching it off and switching it on again. But it's it's not coming back on. Now, that's a concern, guys. Um, exciting news. Uh, there we go. There it comes back on. We have been sent, because it's coming out on DVD and Blu-ray very, very soon. We have been sent three copies on Blu-ray. Two copies. I mean, sorry. We have been sent two copies on Blu-ray. One copy on DVD. <clears throat> of Kung Fu Elliot. Remember Kung Fu Elliot? It's coming out on DVD, guys. We've got some copies to give away. Here's the thing, though. I'm, I'm, go- I'm, I'm going to go home and test them. Because I have a feeling they are going to be American region. Now, you guys all know how to hack into your DVD players, don't you? To make sure that you can play American DVDs on British players. Of course. I think that if the Blu-ray are region coded it's a little bit trickier it's a little bit trickier so i'm going to go home and i'm going to test these on i don't want to give away something that, that may or may not work well if even if it doesn't work we will give them away but we'll just say it don't work um, but i'm going to go home uh, i'm going to test them over the weekend to ensure that they are playable on british machines and then next week it's the great kung fu elliot giveaway remember that joker oh i love that man what so man. much what a man what an absolute pudding that guy was <laughs> And uh, we're going to get um, Jarrett, the uh, the guy that one of the guys that made it, to uh, come on in the next couple of weeks to um, uh, to talk about it. And there's there's here's, here's what's on the back, right? DVD features director commentary with Blake and Blair. Wow. Oh, sweet. Uh, Seventeen deleted scenes, Q and A with directors, and Elliot's trailers. That is happening, baby. Do you remember when we thought it was all fake? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this. There's still a little part of me that, 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 that suspects maybe it is. But do you know what? I could not care less. I, I don't think it is, but there's a tiny part of me that thinks, oh, maybe. Well, even after speaking to him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, if it's a hoax, it's the greatest hoax in the world. Well... <laughs> the second guys. Let's, I don't know if it's. I don't know if you could say it's well, the greatest hope. Let's in the remember. World. Let's remember how we found him. Yep. Well, well, he's, we found him. Well, we found him on a sex website, and then we found him on a nannying website. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was told to go to the nannying website by one of the producers, and that 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 raised a little flag mm. in my. Either way, I, I I'm I'm eighty five percent sure it's not fake. Even if it is fake, who cares? Who cares? It's brilliant. It's so good. Who actually cares? 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call, dear listener. You'll call up, you'll speak to John, he'll take your number and he will give you a call back. Um, Here's the thing. We had another lock-in last night. We did another extra 54 minutes of radio. The show was supposed to finish at 1.00. 
We carried on until one fifty-four, And let's just say, when we do the lock-ins, there's no adverts, there's no trails, um, news is, is, is gender fluid. Um, and we, I, I, I don't know if that's, I've used that term in the correct context. Um, but it really is, um, a, a no man's land of, um, chat. Right, chat is chat. It's, it's chat man's land. Chat man do. <laughs> I like that. It's actual Chapman. Oh, where are my papers? Where are they? Where are they? Are I brought these? them in. They're there. Are these? Yeah. There yep. we go. Here we go. Here we yep. go. Because there's, yep. a, there's um, we've got a bit of bad news. A little bit of bad news here. Our mate Aaron, mm. who we had on the show yesterday, the sex bot guy. If you missed it, man alive. The first half an hour of last night's show was insane. I've just sent him the link to the bonus podcast I put up. To tonight. the what podcast? Bonus. I uh, thought you said no bonus podcast. Of course you did. Um, it really is. It's a really sexy podcast. Um, I had to use the dump button on a sex bot. Honestly, John, we had a sex bot talking dirty to us down the phone. Straight in there, she went from um, quoting Churchill to dropping the F-bomb. She did. I really want you to F me. Filthy mare. It's a, it's a, honestly, All he did was hold her hand and she was, went for that. It's one of the, the <laughs> best interviews I've ever done with a sex bot. Uh, it's on the podcast if you want to listen to it. Uh, anyway, um, it was Aaron Squire and Samantha, um, a dad who enjoys threesomes with his wife. Well, it's again, quite that, no, no, no. His wife, Hannah, uh, as we established, barks orders to him while he's rutting with Samantha. You could see it that way if you want to be dirty about it. But he says it's research. Yeah, you know, well, he's a salesman. He needs to know that you can yes. uh, perform various things. Yeah, like. Oh, yes. Um, uh, and every hole is a goal with Samantha, isn't it? Yeah. A dad who enjoys threesomes with his wife and a sex robot has hit back at claims that he is a pervert. Shocked viewers branded Aaron Squire perverted and strange after he appeared on ITV's This Morning with sex doll Samantha. Samantha, here's the thing, Samantha's the pervert. She really is. He revealed the life-size robot also interacts with his kids. Aaron, 36, from Hollyhead Anglesey, denied he and wife Hannah a sicko, saying, we're not perverts, and these dolls are not for perverts. Um, well. I, oh, I don't know about that. That's a little bit. Um, I think some of them might be. Um, might be. Aaron told Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield his children, aged three and five, ask where Samantha. No, 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 you're completely misunderstanding it. It has two modes. It has... Um, histo- family mode? Yeah, family mode, which is like historical quotes and science facts, so dull mode. And it has... It tells jokes as well, remember? Yeah. And it has rutting mode. Gosh. And, and to but, get from one to the other, you have to hold her hand you have and to stroke woo her. her. Yeah. You have to woo her. You have to stroke If you go straight in for the titties... She tells you off. Get off of my tits. Buy me a drink. And for those, if you're wondering, the vagina is detachable so you can clean it easily. Please don't leave it on the draining board. His wife, Hannah, told the show she was happy to enjoy three-way sex with Aaron and Samantha. But Ania really tweeted, what an effed up world we are living in. Sue added, this man's sick. We told Aaron, we told how Aaron sat on the TV sofa as Samantha's hand rested on his knees. Her sex modes, racy lines include, I take it all. Hang on a minute. Yes, Ken! Hello. Hello, Ken. No, it's Ian. Yes. It's my show. It's Ian. Thought you weren't going to phone me again, buddy. 
Well, I was actually want to talk to your uh, announcer. Yeah, he's 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 busy. He's busy, mate. Um, you, you, you're phoning okay. up a phone-in radio show, so you either talk to the host or you jog on. No, I'm leaving. I think you're you're led by Satan, my friend. You're you're a man of the devil. I'm le- I'm cutting you off now. From now on, I don't listen. You to say you. that every time, and you keep you never listen. You're gonna put the phone down, aren't you? You say that every time, and Goodbye. then you keep phoning up. Goodbye. You're led by the devil, my Ken, friend. Ken, Ken, Ken. Can I just say one thing to you before you hang up, mate? Right. <laughs> he don't like it up him, does he? Don't phone up to speak to John. If, you, if you've got his phone number, his phone number, you can use that. Don't use mine. I'll read you a letter from Ken later on that he sent me, which in, in light of the news that we kicked off the show with, I think is absolutely appropriate. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Ken, can I just say one word to you before you hang up, brother? Please hang up. You hang up. Please hang up. What a coward, what a coward, what a nasty man. I wasn't going to read this letter, because he sent me this ages ago. I'm going to read it later on. You'll see, you'll, you'll see who's led by Satan. You'll see, who, you'll see who the devil is. There's a certain kind of listener yeah. who rings up to um, give the production staff a piece of their mind. Yeah. I'm not surprised it's Ken. Sorry if I've ruined your date night, John. <laughs> I'll, I'll, when we've, we'll have Michael Nesmith on. And we'll have a nice chat with Mike. Um, and then I'll bring you all down by reading Ken's letter. Some of you will have seen, because I tweeted it. He's given me permission to read it in the letter. I've, I've not actually read the whole letter. I read the first paragraph and just went, oh, God. Then we'll see who is led, who is closer to God, me or thee. Then we'll see. Oh, here we go. Um, if you go to... Uh, so we just talked about um, our, our friend there and uh, Samantha. Text maniacs in the start. I love this page. It's where people text in their thoughts. More often than not, their thoughts are, we've not seen Lucy Pinder for a while. How about a picture of her in her bra and pants? And then there'll be a picture. Lucy Pinder. I think I'm dating myself a bit there. So people have texted in about, um, about Samantha and Aaron. Biz has texted, the children should be taken off that fella who lets his kids play with a sex doll. I thought he's, he came across as an excellent parent. It's not like he's letting them, you know, play. It's slightly different to that. Seasick Dinks. How sick is this guy on the telly who's having it off with a doll, for God's sake? I think he needs to be in the puzzle factory. He needs help and fast. The puzzle puzzle factory. factory. What is that? That's unusual, isn't it? I don't know what that means. Sexy Heather says... Is it just me, or does the guy with the sex doll, wife and kids, think it's okay? The kids will need therapy later in life. Weirdo. I wonder if sexy Heather's got kids. Oh, and then they move on. <laughs> I love this. This is These really are the thoughts of the common man. Uh, tasty tone on a, on a different subject. We're going to have a generation of confused depressives when these six-year-old cross-dressers grow up. What? Guys? Anyone? Um, uh, then it goes on and on and on and on. There you go. Then it goes on. This is people writing in the star, right? Yes, yes. Which has been obsessed with sex bots for a good two years. Yep, yep, yep. They... Which is run by a pornographer. 
<laughs> Just checking. <laughs> exactly. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, I'm kind of waiting for um, an email from Michael Nesmith, uh, formerly of the Monkeys. There's no email coming through. Tension. I like th- I like this. We've had loads of people phone up, but they don't seem to want to come on. I think well, I think John is sweet talk. He's either telling them to f off, or they're finding him so engaging that they don't need to come on here. And maybe he's he's solving all their ills. He's a very good listener, is our John? Very good listener. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If uh, you want to give us a call, it's a Friday night. Um, and um, the calls, funny enough, I was talking to Clive Bull about this, my good friend Clive Bull, yesterday when I saw him. And um, he was saying, how's your show going over the summer? I said, it's, it's going really well, but the phones have been quiet compared to three. He said, yeah, yeah, we've had the same thing. He said, the, the, last, the last five, six weeks, he said, the phones have been dead. Do you know how many listeners he gets? Um, it's in millions, isn't it? For his show, for his show. It's not in millions, no. Gone. Half a million. <sighs> we need to get a doctor, a lawyer, and a bloody candlestick maker on this show. That's what we need to turn it around, guys. That's what we need. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I'm Ian Lee. This is the late night alternative on Talk Radio. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 0344 499 1000 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call this evening. We're kind of sort of in a bit of a no man's land where we're, we're, we're waiting, wondering, will Nesmith join us? Will he not join us? We, we just don't know. But in the meantime, we'll go to Paul. Good evening, Paul. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, Paul. Um, just a few little, a few little bullet points on um, things that are going on. Yeah, anybody, you know, why is it anybody that kind of, kind of delves into any facts gets a moral punishment for for delving into them, and then what? you get you get people or whatever talk about the infrastructure of the two stations, etc., etc., oh. like old in the big red. Oh, the knackered, so to speak. Yes. Well, hang on. Let's go back to the first point. But people getting start telling facts. They get a moral. What, what, was, what did you say? Anybody that seems to people, anybody that seems to delve in any kind of facts that are not like get get punished by the by the PC brigade. I've literally no idea what you mean. Give give me a fact that you believe the PC brigade. Hello. Wow. Wow. Conspiracy theorists, I didn't do nothing. Conspiracy theorists at the ready. Um, now I know how to work this. I can, I'll, I'll call him back. I can do this now. Wow. Welcome to the Asda Mobile Messaging Asda Service. Mobile, I the mean. Person you have... What is going on? What is going on tonight? Uh. Welcome to the Asda Mobile Messaging Service. <laughs> Uh, let's try one more time. 
Welcome to the After Mobile. People who delve into facts. Right. Uh, the, yeah, the people who delve into facts um, get picked on by the PC Brigade. Let's, let's try them in a minute. Good evening, Dredge. Hey. Hey, Dredge. Hey. So, yeah, um, I'm starting this indie pop group, yeah? Indie yeah. guitar pop group. Yeah. And so I need a name for it. Okay. It's very difficult, very difficult to think of names for groups. What about Dredge? Well, that's one name. That's a great name for a band. I think there is actually a group already called that. Okay. Um, I'm not not joking. There really is. How about Um, Bum, Spittle and Cock? Oh. Uh, Was that your old group? Yes. That was my nickname at school. No, I put it on Twitter and I had a few few names. Yes. The Twinges. Nope. I quite like. Nope, terrible. That's the, uh, that's the next sort of name of band you get in an episode of um, um, Horrid Henry or something. Oh, that, yeah, Loaded Diaper. Oh, no. Dredge, uh, I have to cut you uh, off. I've just had an email from Michael Nesmith. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the correct response. <laughs> that is the correct response. Right. I've got his number. Um, there we go. There we go. Here we go. Go. Do you want me to leave you going? No, away? no, no. I want you to stay here. What's the code for America? Zero, 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 one. one. Okie dokie. We're phoning up Cal- Carmel, California. Let's see if he remembers sending me this email a minute ago. He's a peculiar fish, but... Oh. I, uh, hello, Michael. Hi. Hey, Michael. It's Ian Lee. You're live on Talk Radio. How you doing, man? I'm good as long as I'm live. You're well. You, 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 you. They keep trying, but Michael, you are. You always seem to be live. It's lovely, lovely to hear your okay. voice. What, 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 what have you been up to today? Well, I've been uh, doing a lot of video ranch work and getting my uh, my YouTube channel up and going and putting a lot of stuff that I did in the '80s up there and so forth. How so co- it's all kind of clerical and technical and uh, semi-artistic. How about you? What do you do all day? Today, I um, watched a really dull program about time travel. Um, I went and saw my seven-year-old son play football for the first time, soccer for the first time, and they lost miserably, but it was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to see it. Um, and now yeah. I'm just here on the radio, and we, we just had a, a confusing call from a conspiracy theorist. I see. Did they have anything to say? I mean, should we all duck? <laughs> well, this is the thing, Mike. He said he he phoned up to say that um, uh, the the PC brigade always attack people who speak facts. And I was just asking him to explain that statement. And here's the thing, Michael: his phone got disconnected, and we couldn't call him back. <laughs> so maybe there's something in it, man. Well, that's the only proof you need, isn't it? If the phone got disconnected and you couldn't call him back, I mean, I think there you have it. The Illuminati does not want that conversation to happen in the slightest. No, especially between you and a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> hey, man, I, I just want to say I'm, I'm completely in love with you. I've always been in love with you. You are absolutely the person that... Um, you know, I would most like to touch the hem of your trousers. I don't mean that. Oh in a, my God, you're making me blush here. I'm bright red. Don't, I don't mean that in a sexual way, although. But I just mean it. I think you're fab, right? I loved. <laughs> I, I, I loved your autobiography, Infinite mm. Tuesday. It was a delight. Um, you and Jack Nicholson, you had a proper bromance going, didn't you? 
Well, pretty much. I mean, you know, I, we just got on so great, and we just loved being with each other, so we were. <laughs> we were was to hang out with each other for, you know, a couple of years there straight, and it was a good time, good ride. He, um, he of course, uh, wrote the movie Head that, that you guys are in, which is, which is a delightful, nonsensical period piece. Uh, what do you remember of that writing session? Was it true you all sat in a hotel room and took acid and just talked into a tape recorder? Yeah, more or less. I mean, the hotel room was a little sh- uh, chalet or a little house uh, out on a golf course, so it wasn't in a big high-rise hotel. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> and it was surrounded by golf courts and we in the in the in the, in the uh, golf course, and so we we'd go out every once in a while, take a ride around, have a smoke, and do the stuff that we do. Um, but basically, it was just hanging out in the room, ordering room service, uh, eating with our fingers, and eating on the floor, and. And uh, hanging out, you know, high and happy and holy. <laughs> and uh, when was the, when was the last? I, I get the impression from your book, Mike. And I listened to the audio book. And by by the way, guys, if you want to spend eleven hours just having Michael Nesmith reading his autobiography to you, wow, it's a delight. Um, when was the last time you spoke to Jack? I, I get the impression that he kind of once he became a big movie star, he sort of moved away from you a bit. Well, it did sort of time out like that, but it, he was on his way uh, long before that. No, I think what happened was that the uh, he was he had found himself as part of the uh, corporate collective and, and the corporate overseers of the monkeys as a product. Yeah, and so he was um, conflicted. You know, our friendship uh, couldn't really transcend that that particular thing, and and also as I point out in the book. You know, those guys were pretty high-end, high-speed, flash guys that yeah. uh, were really a lot smarter than I was. They were a lot quicker than I was. They had better taste than I did. <laughs> I mean, they just, you know, they left me in the dust, and Jack, you know, was riding in that car. So it came to a point where it just didn't fit anymore for Jack and I to hang out. He was he was off in the glamorous life of the uh, multi-award-winning movie star that he became, and so, and I was often in the drolls, and uh, so it was just, it was just a natural, it was just a natural parting. He, he was the one that initiated it, he yeah. was the one that said, you know, look, let, we can't be doing this anymore, call me before you come over, and that was all he needed to say, and right. that was, because I had never done that before, yeah. I, you know, Jack was just the guy's house, I'd drop over, walk in the door, go to the refrigerator, get myself a beer and some salami and some bread, start making a sandwich and he'd walk in uh, and say hey Ness and that was that that's what typified our friendship for for a few years but that stopped and when that stopped you know it was uh, it was too tough it was just uh, you know Jack was a big movie star and I was not and that was where we split but um, yes you're right it timed out kind of about the time that he became a big movie yeah. star but <clears throat> in deference to Jack you know he was a much deeper soul than that he would not have said let's don't do any more hanging out if uh, if it if it would just had to do with the fact that he had become uh, a movie star, he did it because he felt like it was just not good for either one of us, and I agree with him. Um, you were really good friends as well with the fantastic Douglas Adams. How did that come about? Well, I, <clears throat> he had been orbiting in a in a group of people who were I was <clears throat> socializing with in Los Angeles, and his agent was at a dinner party one day, and uh, we, were, we were sitting next to each other, and I was talking and he said my gosh you should meet douglas adams and uh, i said well i'd love to do it and he and he said have you any interest in purchasing the rights to the hitchhiker's guide to the 
galaxy. I wow. said, do I ever? Yeah. And he said, well, let's fly to London and you can talk to him about it. So that, when I flew to London and I met him and Jane, it was just love at first sight. And uh, we were off and running after that. We were we were far better friends than Jack and I were. Yeah, and it, 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 there's a lovely story in your book. And I love how they're all kind of my favorite sort of people in the world cross paths. There's a lovely story about when he brought Terry Jones from Monty Python to uh, come and stay at your, your, your ranch. Yes, God bless Terry Jones. Oh. <clears throat> and he, he, you had a room full of you had a room full of cushions, and you said, "Terry, this is your room." And Terry, <laughs> do I have to tell the story? Ian, I have go to on, tell the story. Go now? on, <laughs> go on. Well, he called up. He said, "Look, I'm I'm uh, coming up that way with, uh, but I've got Terry Jones with me. Is it, is it okay if he stays at the ranch?" I said, "Good Lord, is it? I I've been hoping at some point our paths would cross. You know, come at once." So he did. He showed up with uh, with Terry. And before he got there, I uh, started cleaning up the uh, second bedroom, second guest bedroom that we had, and it had become something of a storeroom. So it was just loaded with pillows and and uh, stuff on the top of the dresser and extra sheets and blankets and the kind of stuff that you would put in an extra storage room. And uh, so I started to clean it all up, so at least it looked habitable. Mm. Except when it came to the pillows, I didn't know what to do with them, so I stacked them all out on the bed like the designers of the day did back then. They just sort of started at the headboard and ran them down towards the foot, and, uh, you know, there must be a stack of pillows, you know, half the length of the bed. These two stacks of pillows went about three-quarters down the bed, so it was, you know, (laughs) it was kind of absurd. But nonetheless, it was Terry, and it was Douglas, and it was a good time, and uh, that would be a nice room for them. So they arrived, we had a great dinner, we had a great conversation, we hung out, we laughed, we giggled, and the time came <clears throat> for us all to go to go to bed and walk to uh, Terry's uh, guest room and walked in. I said, this is it, I hope it's all here. There's a bathroom over there, and there's this over here. And is, there, uh, is there anything that you think you might be able to uh, need or would want me to get? Can you think of something you'd like? And look, and there was a dead silence for, you know, I don't know, a second and a half like that. And he said, well, uh, I could use an extra pillow. And uh, and I panicked. I thought, my God, I've got every pillow in the, in the house. I sit on his bed. I don't know what to do. What should I say? And I looked over at Douglas, and Douglas had that sly smile. And I knew I'd been had. But it was how I learned about the, the very, very light irony of... Uh, of the English humor, yeah, and uh, had had by it, and so it was. The, it was a great way, great way to start off with Terry. Great way to understand who he was, and you know, he was he's he was a delightful guy. You know, he's having troubles, but uh, yeah. he was a delightful guy. Oh, the man's a genius. Monty Python, just you know, I, I was lucky enough to see them when they did their live shows a couple of years ago. Oh, it was, it was a weird thing. It was like being at a rock concert. You know, it was in this in the O2 Arena, sixteen thousand people. And it yeah. was, the, the, you know, the gags, people were say, saying the gags in the same way that people sing along to songs at a concert. <laughs> it was amazing. I wish I'd been there. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the YouTube channel and the Pacific, is the Pacific Arts. How, because uh, you're, you're an early adapter, I think that's the phrase, early adopter. And you, you kind of, you know, you, 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 you invented pop videos, you invented MTV. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure you might bat that back slightly, but I think it's true. How come you, you seem quite late to be jumping on the YouTube thing? Well, it's, uh, it, it's, the material is old, and uh, it, all comedy material kind of gets stale, like bread after a while. So 
I had just let it lay there and not done anything with it. But there are some hardcore fans, like like there are for Monty Python and all comedy groups, that really wanted to see it, wanted it to be out there. And I was thinking to myself, you know, there's a whole group of people now who are half my age or a third of my age, and, and they've never seen this. Yeah. So it might be stale and it might look kind of old, but now's probably the right time to do it. So I, I set up a, a, a YouTube channel uh, under Video Ranch, Michael Nesmith's Video Ranch. Just go there by that search. And uh, uh, I, don't, I don't even know that you need Video Ranch in there. But anyway, Michael Nesmith's Video Ranch and all that stuff from the 80s, uh, starting with elephant parts and television parts and uh, the Home Companion and Dr. Duck Sauce and all that stuff that I did during the 80s is up there now. Wow. And, and it's... Um, in three to five minute segments and uh uh it's not to any particular end you know you don't make any money off no. of it and it, <clears throat> and it um it just sits out there but i think it should be have act people there should be some access to the collective consciousness for this stuff and there's a you know a nice laugh to be had from time to time and then there's a groan and an eye roll from time to time so. <laughs> That's that's what's going on. Um, and the, the television parts, we didn't get it over here, and, and, and America didn't didn't get it in the other sense. There were quite, but um, uh, th- that you were you had Gary Shandling on there, you had um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld on there before they became huge household names, didn't you? How did, how did you find them? Were you going to comedy clubs and going, "Hey, this guy's quite funny. Let's book him." That's exactly it. Wow. I had, you know, uh, Tartikoff, uh, who was the head of NBC at the time, no longer with us, but. He said, "Can you do elephant parts as a as uh, for film for a uh, you know somehow television or for somehow you know getting it on the screen?" I said, "Well, let me think about it." And um, uh, and I realized I don't quite know how to do this, but if Brandon thinks it can be done, I should ask him a little bit more and follow it down. And so I did. And he said, "Well, you know, call up Robin Williams and call up." Steve Martin, and uh, say, I'm doing this show for NBC, will you come and, and do a bit on it? Uh, and uh, kind of like a comedy, the, the the comedy version of a music video. We'll call it a comedy video, and that, that'll be it. And I said, yeah, right, Brandon. I'm going to just call up Steve Martin and say, hey, Steve, you want to come on over to do the show? And then we click buzz. <laughs> and it's, you know, he's not going to take my call, and he's certainly not going to say, okay, I'll come over to your your little television show. And so Tartikoff said, well, you know, whoever you can find. So that sent me on an audition hunt between New York and San Francisco and L.A. and <clears throat> hitting the comedy clubs that were around at the time, the comedy store. And, the, you know, there were three or four in uh, New York and three or four in L.A. Yeah. And so I just sat there night after night after night. And the people that you see popping up, from Jerry Seinfeld to Gary Shandling to Jay Leno to... Whoopi Goldberg, mm. just the people that are on the show, they were doing just one-night stand-ups there. So they were pretty easy to get. You know, I went to Jay, and I said, Jay Leno, I said, Jay, uh, blah, 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 blah. He said, yeah, I'll do it. I got a, as a matter of fact, uh, have you got any, have you got room for my car? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, yeah, what is it? He said, it's a 1956 Buick. I said, well, bring it on. Wow. So. <clears throat> That was the way it was. Everybody was just kind of bringing what they had. Lois Bromfield came. She was a writer for Roseanne Barr's show, and yeah. and uh, she was really, really funny. She came in to audition for a part, and I said, well, you're not much of an actress, Lois, and as you, I'm sure you know, but 
what do you do? How do you make a living in this town? And she says, I'm a, I'm a writer. And I said, really? And she said, yeah. I said, well, do you do stand-up? She said, yeah, I do comedy stand-up. That's, that's how I get paid. I said, well, do something right now for us. Oh, no, you didn't. That's, that's the toughest gig you can do. Do, some, do something now. Make me laugh. That's exactly it. It was just the hardest possible ball I could have thrown at her. Yeah. And she looked at me, you know, and she kind of panicked and everything. And But she knew I was good-natured. I wasn't putting her on the spot. She said, all right, well, here, this is sorority girls from hell. And so she starts doing this thing, sorority girls from hell, and it just became a touchstone for the whole show. Yeah. I mean, I was on the floor laughing, and I just thought it was one of the funniest things that I'd ever seen. And very insightful. <laughs> she had a whole lot of nice social things to say. And I, and I said, look, you're in. You're doing a segment. I don't care whether nobody knows you. This is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. And so I put it on, and uh, that was um, you know the beginning, beginning of the whole thing. It was a big, big change. Shandling did kind of the same thing. He did a bit called Miss Maryland, yeah. where he was dating the... the uh, winner of the Miss Maryland contest, but who wouldn't take off her sash and uh, tiara? Or <laughs> it's, a, it's a great bit. Yeah, it is funny. One of the funniest things out there. So that's that's basically how that happened. However, for some reason, and I, you know, I guess I just don't know what it is, I have a feeling, being very, very candid, that I was the problem with the show. I was kind of a dud. You know, I didn't really... Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not a comic. I'm not a comedian. I mean, people think I'm funny, and I, it always puzzles me. And I, and and I wasn't as funny as I needed to be on the show. But whatever it was, and I think it was me, uh, the American public wasn't having anything to do with it. Mm. I called Mick up and I said, "What are you doing with these puppets and stuff?" And he said, "Oh, you mean with the king and the queen and the stuff?" I said, "Yeah. What are you?" And he said, well, and he told me about it. And I said, well, bring it over here and let's put it on television parts and see if there's any traction. And that, that, you're talking about Mickey Dolenz and, and the spitting image dolls. Yeah. 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 That was very funny. And uh, he did a good job directing. And, you know, it was fun to work together. So so it was just another step along the way. But it was a step uh, a little bit off to the side of the road. And I, I tripped and fell and... <laughs> <laughs> it, it took me a while to stand back well, up. This is what I was going to ask. That throughout your career, and, and I was unaware of this, but listening to the book, reading the book, listening to the book, I, I was unaware of exactly how many trips and falls and getting back up and dusting yourself down there had been. There seemed to be quite a few. Oh, well, I'll say. <laughs> I'll say there were. It was like every time I opened the car door, it went bang! Somebody <laughs> drive through and take the door off with them. I said, hey, man, I'm just going to go over and get some coffee. What are you doing? Hitting my car. I mean, it was, it was rough. It was very, very rough. I, um, it still is, I guess, to a degree. I, I, um, why, do, why did you keep getting back up and dusting yourself down? Why, you know, in 73 or 76, didn't you just go, ah, oh, do you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to go and work in a store. I'm going to forget this. This isn't, you know, because he, they, they, you seem to to get more bad breaks than than most people in the business. Well, uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you know, I mean, I didn't have to think I was just going to go work in a store because I didn't have to work at all. But and I was, you know, had financial freedom at a very early age, and uh, so I was I was bouncing along, and I and and that set me apart from my peers in a profound way. Yeah. Uh, Douglas was very successful. By the time I we started hanging out, he had sold 14 million books. Gosh. And I knew a lot of people who were very successful. And and uh, so 
I, I, that was my social circles. But in terms of somebody who had actually been a huge success, I was not in their league. And they all knew it, and so we all sort of tiptoed around that particular point. I mean, there would be one person at a dinner party that I didn't know quite well would, would always have something to say about inherited wealth. And, and my, my thought was, well, however, however it comes, be grateful. And that's what I, you know, I was, I was, I was grateful and happy. And that, that guy would say from every time, you know, we're fine here. We really don't need to keep working. And I would say, ah, you know, I do have to keep working. I mm. do have to keep uh, doing this stuff. It's creative return. is huge. I couldn't live without it. The spiritual part of my life would be bereft. I would have no, nothing to hold on to. So I kept on going. Yeah. And I took every one of the hits that came as a as a signal from the universe that says, you're doing just fine, guy. Keep on. The one of, so I just did it. One of the hits. I thought I'd seen Repo Man when I was younger, but I, I, I watched it last... I watched about six months ago, Repo Man, the movie that you produced. And mm-hmm. I was convinced I saw it when I was 15, but I, I couldn't have done because... I didn't remember any of it. It is, without a shadow of a doubt, the weird one of the weirdest films. And I'm, I'm talking about Head as well. But Repo Man is one of the weirdest films. It starts off as one thing and then just goes off into this bizarre, surreal space fantasy. It's joyous. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. I think joyous is a good word. It's hilariously funny. Very funny. The, um, but the thing about Alex Cox, who was the director and one of the writers, or well, actually the writer of it. Was um, you know he's a he's a wicked smart guy. Uh, he's uh, English, Oxford educated, according to him. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, he he was working on his law degree, and then he switched over to film school. And this was his thesis for his UCLA masters. And so I read the first couple of pages of it, and I thought, man, I got to make this movie somehow. And I, I you know drove around to the studios and finally found the. Uh, a place to park at Universal and talk to the execs there. And they said, well, we don't understand it, but if you do, we'll follow you, Nez. And I said, good, it's all, it's over here, let's go. And so that's how it came to be. I mean, it was very organic, very natural. Nobody was chasing a buck. Nobody thought, oh, this will be a hit. We didn't think about that at all. We just thought about, has this got the stuff of a cultural meme? And sure enough, it did. You know, I mean, it's it's still alive. It still goes on. The, the universal team, uh, executive team that put it out, was different than the one I sold it to, mm. and they hated it. The people who put it out. So, and we didn't get any distribution except for one theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts, that played it for a year. Wow! Straight. And during that time, slowly the soundtrack started to get this traction among its peers, and the next thing you know, the soundtrack was a hit. And somebody came up uh, to the Universal uh, boardroom and said, you know, guys, we've got this hit record embedded in this movie uh, as a soundtrack of this movie, and people are screaming to hear it. So that's here, you know, a year or two later is when it finally came out, and that's probably why you don't remember it and don't remember when it came out, because it, it never got a rollout. It just sort of got a leak out. <laughs> <laughs> a leak out. Nez, listen, I have to yeah. go to the news. Can I ki- are you okay for another, like, 10, 15 minutes? Uh, or are you, yeah, have you, you got to call me? Should I call, call you back? back. Uh, 
Yeah, call me back. I'll, I'll call you back after the news. Thank you, ma'am. Speak to you in a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Michael Nesmith. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this, does it? Call me back. Call me back. We'll call him back after uh, the news. Wow. What fun, dear listener. Um, this is the late night alternative. As Michael Nesmith, you will remember him from the monkeys. Of course, he also had uh, hits on his own. He did invent MTV. I want to pick his brains for a little bit longer. I'm fanboying out. My name is Ian Lee. This is the late night alternative on talk radio. Across the UK. Online and on DAB. The wild man of late night radio, Ian Lee. A differently interesting nocturnal emissions from a legend of late night radio. On air and off the leash. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. This is Talk Radio. My name is Ian Lee. We were chatting to Mike Nesmith and I'm calling him back. I mean, it really is. It really is um, one of the most wonderful evenings for me. Uh, let's, I bet he's gone out. I bet he's, he's, he's done the... I'm a... Hello. <laughs> Hello, Michael. I was, it's Ian again. I was, I was wondering if it was just a ploy and you weren't going to answer again. <laughs> if that was, if you were okay, go- well, hang up, <clears throat> hang up, and call back, and I won't answer. <laughs> no, I, won't, I won't keep you much longer, man. It's just such a thrill to talk to you. Um, <clears throat> we used last year, fiftieth anniversary of the Monkees, and that wonderful, wonderful album, Good Times. Um, and it, it was, it was such a delight to see um, it getting. Well, first of all, to see some of the material that was written by Andy Partridge and um, Noel Gallagher and Paul Weller and all these wonderful people, um, but also it. I think it got universally praised everywhere, which for A, a Monkey's album, and B, any album, is unusual. Were you, were you pleased with it? Were you, were you happy with the way it came out? Well, I was. I, <clears throat> I, was uh, I didn't quite know what the acceptance would be, and when the acceptance was what it was, it was very gratifying. So, uh, yeah, on, on balance, it was uh, really, I, I thought, a big win. That the, the track "Me and Magdalena" is is the one that we we played it a lot on this show, and that seemed to. I, I woke up one day, and that was um, was trending on Twitter, as the kids say. It was all over Twitter because it, it, people absolutely fell in love with it. That's that's an incredible song, and and for me, it, it you and Mickey harmonising together that is a very special sound. Yeah, it is. I mean, Mick and I have always loved working together. Oddly enough. Within the context of the monkeys, we never got the chance to just be the duo that we are. So um, uh, you know, it never came came about as a as a thing. But I agree with you. I think you know we we and we have a good time singing together too. I, no pun intended. No pun intended. But pun taken. Well, m- one of my favourite monkeys tracks is um, uh, Auntie's Municipal Court. There's a deep there's a deep album track for you hardcore uh, fanboys out there, um, and that's got a lovely little little um, you know kind of duo between the two of you. Yeah, fine man, crazy man. He can't see. Sound of the sunset, sound of the sea. But mm. is there going to be? I've heard rumours there's going to be another monkeys album. Well, I haven't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, there you go then. So keep me apprised. I mean, if I, you know, I don't want to miss my appointment. <laughs> Assuming I'm invited, you know, you never know these days. Well, <laughs> you never know with you lot either. I know it get, gets a bit tense sometimes. Um, you must have been interviewed like a million times, and everyone asks the same question: How do you guys get together? Oh, tell us about uh, liquid paper, Tipex. Tell, blah, 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 blah. Can, is there anything, Mike, that no one knows about you that you've never told that you could share with us tonight? 
Well, actually, I don't think so. Oh. And the reason for that is because my life is an open book. Yeah. I mean, I haven't kept any secrets. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing you can find out or what would would want to find out or know about uh, that that you don't already know. I've I've been really candid and and I know that people are interested. I don't. I'm not a fan guy myself. So no. I don't go around looking at that. But I know that there are people who take some comfort and nourishment from it, and they say, you know, I'd like to know more about this. So I made a decision very, very early on that I was just going to be 100% forthcoming and keep no secrets and keep nothing back that uh, anybody ever asked about. And uh, that's where I am today. I mean, I, everything... Everything there is to know about me is known. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you a direct question, and I want an honest answer from you, sir. Here we go. All right. Here we go. You ready? This is it. The fact I've been quoting for years, that in 1967, the Monkees sold twice as many records as the Beatles and the Rolling Stones put together. (laughs) Then you came out a couple of years ago and said, no, 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 no. That's a lie that apparently you said in 1979 in an interview in Australia or something. But then loads of people have said no. That was a lie. What is the truth, Nez? Well, I made up the the Beatles uh, that we outsold the Beatles and the Stones uh, in in the interview. I made it up on that spot. Right but before that, that fact had not existed. Now, if it was a fact, it was not a fact. To me. <laughs> it was a lie to me. I was just making it up because I wanted to. I wanted to uh, probe the uh, interviewer and the media guy a little bit and just see, you know, like. How do you make a decision about what what you're being told? Yeah. How do you know any of this stuff? And and I just wanted to see if he wanted to riff with me about it, but he didn't really. He had just taken the stuff home, had uh, copied it off of the press release, and they'd put it in the paper, and it and it persisted for fifty years or however long it was. Yeah. And and it uh, so I just thought, ah, this is a good time to put this to rest, and that's why one, the only reason I put it in the book was just you know. I'll, I'll, let me take the air out of this balloon before it runs into an airplane. You, uh, you, you invented fake news. It's now, it's now all over the place. We, we can't believe anybody anymore because of you, man. <laughs> well, tell Trump and tell him to send me some royalty. <laughs> um, have you? I, I, I read somewhere. I read it online, so it's probably not true. But I read that you'd given up making music and doing shows and making re- recordings and things. Is that true? Not at all. Great. No, no, no. Good. I mean, I'm I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at First National Band Redux. I'm looking at uh, oh wow, all sorts of things that uh, you know I could do and uh, with uh, with and without any of my past. And so no, no, I'm I'm still very active. I mean, I got the book finished. Yeah, that was a really important thing, and I had to tell everybody to sit down and leave me alone for a couple of years so I could get it done. I'm very proud of the book. It's a great book. I'm very happy with it. I think it uh, gives everybody who's interested in what it's written about a good look at what it's written about, Yeah, which is uh, fame and celebrity and all the stuff that uh, happens in, in, in the middle of, um, you know, an artistic uh, firestorm. And oh. so, so I just, uh, <clears throat> but in terms of it being, you know, I, there, there's no more monkeys to go out with, so that that won't happen. But yeah. that's, you know, neither here nor there. I mean, there's lots of stuff that's still yet to do. When you say first national band redux, what do you mean reissuing those albums with with bonus cuts? No, uh, just taking out a new group of guys. Oh wow! Teaching them, teaching them the songs, and I could sing front, and then they could play the way. Oh you know. really? Yeah. The problem, of course, is that uh, 
you know, Red Rhodes is gone, yep. and uh, and he was sui generis. I mean, there was nobody could play like him. So I've got to find a steel player who can duplicate Red's parts. So yeah. There is a kind of a duplication there. But if they can duplicate Red's parts, then they got to be a little nuts, and that means that they can do some of the stuff that Red did. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that, if that should ever happen. Christian, my son, suggested it. He said, you know, everybody would love to see her a First National Band show. And yeah. I said, well, I'm on for it, but you've got to put it together. Because <laughs> I don't know anybody anymore. And he said, oh, I can do that. I've got, I'm surrounded by great players, and yeah. I'll, uh, I'll put the word out. So I think he's doing that. And if that comes together, I'll go do that. You know, Country we'll... music fans will know Red Rhodes because he is a, the pedal steel player. Or, you know, he just takes it. He, he is unique. He takes it into its own art form. And am I right? <laughs> he was also a massive stoner as well and completely crazy. Yeah, he was. I mean, he, you know, he, he would take, he would take a cup of freshly cleaned marijuana and pour it into a pint jar of, uh, of, uh, peanut butter <laughs> and stir it all up together till it made this kind of glowing green mess and they needed a tablespoonful at a time and stayed high for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> Which we, of course, don't condone. Very naughty, Mr. No, 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 Mr. no. Rose. We're just talking about crazy red, aren't we? Of course we are. <laughs> um, Michael, listen, uh, 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 I'm going to let you go. I love you so much. And I've, I, I know I surprised you earlier on, but I'm, I'm, re- <laughs> I'm releasing an album of yours live at the Paris Theatre in 1975, recorded yeah, by the what BBC. Is that? What's going on? I, yeah, tell me a little bit about that. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you about your... I'll tell you about your new album so me and my mate <laughs> like don kirshner we, <laughs> please for god's sake don't punch a hole in my wall will you no, I no no i wouldn't do that well I, so me and my mate glenn we've got this record label 7a records and we've been speaking to to um jessica who works with you and <laughs> we've got a contract that's been signed by you man I, either that or someone's excellent at doing your signature no, I, I remember it i remember no we we got a deal i just don't know the paris theater i didn't know 1975 it. solo uh-huh. acoustic show for the bbc in in london so it's in london um and it was uh it's mainly songs from the prison as well as um a couple of in inverted commas hits like joanne and silver moon oh and it's it's delightful we've done a picture disc lp we've done uh, a cd with a booklet they're on their way to you man so you should get them probably next middle of next week at some point oh how exciting that's great that's great it sounds it sounds fantastic (laughs) you know it's uh, it's 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 beautiful and also sorry one final thing we have you now you'll be interested in this um we have uh, someone has found a 30 minute television program of you that's never been shown that was recorded in new zealand in 1975 i think wow and it's you being interviewed and you on stage on your own um doing a solo show it's amazing i'll let me um I'll, I'll, I've, I've got a copy of it on my computer. We, we kind oh. of had to lease it off New Zealand TV. I'll send it to you, man. I'll send it to you. Please do. That'd be great. I'd love to have that. That'd be great part of the uh, of my archive. It's it's incredible, uh, Michael Nesmith. It's, it's such a joy to talk to you, man. Honestly, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. It's a real pleasure, and I hope you enjoy the record that we've put out. Same here. You know, I look for it. Good talking with you. Stay well, my friend. Thank you, man. Take care. Bye, bye, Michael. Cheers. There we go. Why we go, ladies and gentlemen. I can finally stand easy now. Flipping heck. Oh, that was fun, wasn't it? Actual, uh, actual, um, John, let's turn up Catherine's microphone so that she can bask been, in my glory. Well, I've been, um, watching your face and uh, I've seen a lot of 14 year old Ian and I'm just really thrilled it went so well. He was yeah. in a really good mood, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. 
That was good. I hope you enjoyed that, dear listener. I know so you, I, I try and keep my interviews with, with people that I think you'll dig. And I, I think you would have dug him. I really think you would have dug him. Um, normal service resumes. It's a phone-in show unlike any other. We'll get Paul in Leicester back, who was the conspiracy... Th- or the gentleman who was upset about facts being um, poo-pooed by the PC brigade. Um, J- uh, Dredge, if you want to uh, give us a call in, we can we can come up with a name for your uh, your band. Easily done. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Jacked up jive talk for janitors, jazz cats, and gin soaked boys and girls. Is that <laughs> If you're a week, you're a welcome. I've got five cactus needles stuck in my. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Um, oh three four. It feels like the show's not. We, we, I can see we've got two of the names on my screen, although John's just dropped off. Um, that we had at the start of the show. It feels like the show's going backwards for some reason. But I do want to speak to John because I want to find out what it was he was talking about. But we've got another John. It's Jonathan. Good evening, Jonathan. Hello, Ian. Hello, Jonathan. I I, I just wanted to ask you: um, Do uh, Region Two Japanese DVDs work on uh, UK? Yes, uh, they Region do. Two yes, they do. Japanese DVDs, v- bizarrely, are the same as British DVDs. Why? What you got? Uh, nothing at the moment. Hente? Some hentai that, porn? No, it's just that we're pal and the uh, Japanese one is NTSC, isn't it? It works. It will It will work. Oh, good. Is that? Was that it? Uh, yeah, that was it. Brilliant. Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> you become his Japan correspondent. I've become Google. <laughs> we've got these uh, Kung Fu Elliot DVDs and Blu-rays, and um, we've got we've got some to give away because it's coming out with loads of extra stuff, and we're going to get Jarrett, the producer, uh, the, the director, on in the next couple of weeks. Um, and the, I mean, the packaging is absolutely stunning, absolutely stunning, and they've done a great job. Um, I just want to check that the Blu-rays and the DVDs will work in this country, so I'm going to take them home. Try them on my Xbox over the weekend, because I know that DVD... We all know how to hack a DVD player to make it play American DVDs, right? You just type in a code. There's the weird thing on um, Apple Mac computers. You can change the region five times. Mm. And the last time, it's locked on that region. So it's a real tight thing. Um, But I'm going to check to see if but blu-rays you can't do it blu-rays there isn't such a such a hack for it which is annoying as f but we're i'm going to try them over the weekend um and if it works um we'll give away a couple of these next week we'll give away a couple next week um uh, and i'm really excited about that also 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 this is your last call dear listener for this sunday evening seven i think it's seven o'clock at King's Place in London. It's just round, sort of, t- round the back and to the side of King's Cross. It's a really, really nice venue, right? Really nice venue. Um, uh, w- Catherine and I will be performing our only London rabbit hole show this year, right? There's loads of tickets left. We've got about 90 people coming, which is brilliant. So it's going to be packed, but it's a it's a big hall. So there are loads of seats left, okay? But if you're coming, don't worry. It's, I've been told that it looks full with about 70. So it's, it's going to be a great night. It's going to sound really good, okay? Must remember, we've got to take a hard drive to give to them to record it, because they're going to record it all for oh us. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
So, uh, but there are tickets left. You can buy them online, or if, if you rock up on the night, I guarantee you will get in. I doubt 110 people are going to rock up that haven't bought tickets and want to buy tickets on the door. I think they're £12.50. I think if you buy three online, you get a discount. I'm not totally sure. You'll have to have a little look-see at that. Um, but if you type in King's Place rabbit hole uh, or king's place catherine or king's place Ian Lee, it, it will come up it's this sunday evening at seven o'clock and then what's happening we'll finish at 8 30 so we'll do that do an hour and a half without a break um and then um if you all go up to the bar there'll be a little roped off area for us in the bar um where we'll come up and we'll stick around for half an hour 40 minutes however long it takes if you want pictures if you want Thi- uh, things signed. I mean, you laughed at my signature the other. I had to s- sign a document oh and you laughed goodness. at it. It's the easiest signature to forge in the world. It's like two brackets. Yeah. Two open brackets. Wow. I know. I mean, <laughs> but mine's not. Mine is my one that. You know, your autograph, is it the same as your signature? I feel weird signing autographs. So, hang anyway. on. Sorry. What? Well, <laughs> so don't just, no, just say that exact sentence again. You know, your autograph. Yeah. Is it the same as your signature? What do you think it is? Of course it is. Well, that doesn't it mean that they could nick your checkbook and then forge your... Um... No! Of course... The, the, yeah, Paul McCartney's always getting ripped off like that. Well, he oh, wants you know, to somebody's, I've got, got in my bank and somebody's taken out 30 quid. I never took that out. What's going on? Oh, no, they bloody got a copy of uh, my autograph from 1967 and bloody copied it, bastards. Mm, yeah. Bloody bad. You see that Paul McCartney video? No, I didn't watch it. Oh, mate! It is brilliant! Is it as good as Meat Free Mondays? Oh, it's brilliant. Um, should we should we play it? Yeah. Um, it's 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 a song. You've got to watch it. So the the video is part of it. Right. Paul McCartney. Hang on, I'll come over there. Um, donk. It is incredible. Somebody has a guy called Swede Mason has um put together this mix of clips from Paul McCartney and then done that auto tune thing and made a song out of it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tweet it now hang on let me just tweet it and then we're going to play it so you can you can watch it it is um here we go so tweet that what's going on here hello computer let's get that control c let's get that control v let's get that right so you you'll you'll hear it You, you might find it hard to make out some of the words it's so good absolutely flipping brilliant here we go I was working in the studio on the bass player. He got the call, you know, come down and do your bass part. So he goes down and back up in about four minutes. He said, well, that was quick. You must have got it in one take. He said, they only wanted one note. Bonk. <laughs> and then they put it in the computer. Yeah. Bonk.
Sue this guy. Yeah, I mean, isn't that incredible? Gosh, they're working that. Oh, man, it, it works a lot better with the video. I had to dump that. I forgot there's an F-bomb. <laughs> I, think we got, I think we got away with that. But it, watch the video. It is incredible, the amount of work. Have you watched that, Dredge? Hey? Have you watched that video? No, no, I was just listening and uh, tapping my feet, you know. Watch the video, man, because it's, it's just, it's a work of art, that. It is a work of art. Some people are so clever. Right, we need a name for your band. Yeah, I mean, um, somebody suggested Simply Dredge, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Simply Dredge, I like that, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. The, gra- the Grateful Dredge. Well. Um, uh, or, or Dredge and the New Power Generation. They don't have to be funny, as you There's can a, hear. I've just remembered one Neil Hamburger joke that we can tell. I'll let's, ta- let's, I'll, let's have a listen. I'll Not ta- the ET one. No, no, no. I'll take, <laughs> you might have to dump yourself. No, I'll take the swear word out. Okay. Why are the Grateful Dead so hot on stage? Because, because none of their fans work. Isn't that great? That's a great line, isn't it? <laughs> that is good. That's that a great good. line. I love that. I love Neil Hamburger. He's a, the guy's a genius. He mentioned me yesterday, which was nice. So that was weird. So you just phoned up Mike Nesmith and there he was. There he was, yeah. I've got his phone number and I'll be tweeting his phone number at the end of the show so everyone can phone him up. How's about them apples, huh? I don't know. I thought, you know, Jack Nicholson to me sounded like a bit of a, you know, that was a bit of a funny well, thing to do. Just well, say, oh, don't come. Don't come. You've you got to call me before you come round anymore. But, 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 well, one has to draw from that that in Nicholson's mind, Nesmith was being irritating. It's an interesting. What, can we on his feet? Well, yeah, there's there's an there's an interesting thread in in in. in his, by the way, Nesmith's autobiography is fantastic, and I I did get the audiobook, and it's a joy just hearing that slow, laconic Texan voice reading this story. And some people have um, 
there, there are a few instances in there. And like when he talked about the, the pillow thing with Terry Jones, where it was obviously a joke. Well, I could do with one more pillow. <laughs> he and didn't in the, know it was a joke. And in the book, he didn't know it was a joke. And then he, he got it was a joke because he saw Terry Jones and Douglas Adams laughing. And some people have said that that, that, that can be symptomatic of, of being on an autistic spectrum of not recognizing normal social cues that yeah. other people might and, and there are and i'm not saying is i don't know i've got no idea i'm not going to psychoanalyze the guy or, or medically analyze him at all but there are a few moments like that in the book where he is the odd one out and everybody else is is enjoying a moment and he, he is he is separate from that moment like that well like a kind of lack of self-awareness just just not under kind of a self-awareness but just not understanding why a room full of people are laughing Uh and then kind of in his head going well this happened then this happened and they laughed oh so that that plus that must be a joke then there's a few instances like that throughout the book that have that have made people kind of whether he is or not i, I have absolutely no idea wouldn't like to, to guess you know it certainly doesn't affect him as a human being um but there's, there's a bit, there's a bit, I heard this thing about he, he was in the room when everyone first heard, uh, I'm a believer. Yeah, it's not he true. Didn't, he, di- he didn't think it was going to be a hit. Apparently that's not true. He said that's not true. He, did, he said, he said, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a hit if you put strings on it, which of course they're never going to do. But he, he, he denies that. He says that will, that, that never, never happened. But how would he not know what a joke was? He was a really funny sort of comedy actor, wasn't he? I mean. He was, but very, um. Very dry. It was one of my... I, I always wish he'd done more acting in the 70s, because if you watch Head, he looks so sexy. He looks so cool, wearing this dark brown suit and these big shades and this very strong side parting and big sideburns. He looks so cool. But isn't part of his charm the fact that... I mean, he mentioned it there. He doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do. Yeah, no, exactly. He's, 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 it's he's, just to amuse himself. It's he's, he's funny. He was really, really poor as a kid then became rich with the monkeys, then became really, really poor for most of the 70s, then became rich when his mum died in 1980. And she didn't give him a penny until till she died, and he inherited about $30 million or something. Then he got involved in a... In a then he lost loads of money, became poor again, and then he sued a company that was trying to stifle his company, and it went on for years and years and years, and in the end he won, I think I got this right, $150 million in about 1995. I'm, I'm clutching at straws with these dates slightly. Um, and then he, I, I, then I think, I think he lost a significant amount of that money again. Why else would he be charging $75 for an autograph? I, 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 I think he, I think money does not have the importance to him that it perhaps has to other people. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, I just find the man fascinating. I think he's a great songwriter and what a voice. What a voice. We never got that TV series over here, that television part. So we got like one episode once that scared me when I was a. It's a. That's it's, what I remember. It's a strange. It's a very strange show. Yeah, I've got it on tape somewhere, and it's um. It, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it did. Um, they, 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 there are six episodes. I think episode four was the worst rating show on on television it was like 79th out of 79 and then i think they dropped the last two episodes so i identify with that i was in the persuasionist for god's sake mm-hmm. i know what I that feels what I, like i tell you who i think he's a bit like and you probably think this is nuts but i think he's a bit like frank zappa yeah go on 
because he he does all these bizarre, strange, experimental things all the time, yep. and he doesn't seem to care, you know, what people think. Yeah, at yeah all. because he's not motivated by money. I wish no, I wish I didn't have right. to pay a mortgage and feed kids because I would love to. I've got a brilliant idea for a podcast, Reg. Right? Oh yeah. But it would be a lot of work for zero reward. About 80 people would want to listen to it. it and it would be, um, I'm not quite sure what it is. Basically, it would be revolution number nine as a podcast, right? But it would be all clips of conversations, just clips of conversations in, in a 25-minute weekly podcast. And part of me thinks, okay, you can get that off the radio. I've got, I've got some records of spoken word. You can get that and do that. But then part of me's thinking, oh, you just go out with a recorder and go and record people on buses and, and people on speaker's corner and just use snippets of it. I think there is a market for it because it's like um, that ASMR thing, relaxation. Yep. People watch people, um, you know, women folding sheets and things, don't they? Just yep. to put their mind on a kind of screensaver and it sounds like it could be that kind of vibe it's just um it's it it's just it's a lot of faff and i stopped doing um the door into summer the mixed cloud because one episode got four thousand listens and the next one got 400 and i just thought it's a lot of work for 400 people but now the virgin's coming to an end i want to do something I, I, I i'm not comfortable working five days a week i want to do a sixth day so i've got two more virgin shows so maybe i'll maybe i'll do this this ambient conversation thing i don't know we'll see that sounds good and you've got this weird experimental thing next week isn't it playing the radio a week on saturday yeah i'm, I'm kind of um yeah i'm, I'm Try not to think about that, but I'm, yeah, I'm going to be playing the radio next Saturday night in front of a select audience in a darkened room. Bring a pillow. Put your hands and to yourself. a light bulb, yes. Yeah. Dredge, thank you very much. Good luck with the band. 0344 499 is the telephone number. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. We have an empty switchboard. It's always um strange when we have a guest. Um because you're never quite sure. You, it's always I always find it difficult to to generate the momentum that we'd normally have if, and, and and it started off funny because we weren't sure if we were gonna get the guest and um so it's always a little bit strange. I will be completely honest with you, we have no calls on the switchboard now. Um so if you want to give us a call, you can do 0344 499 1000 is the phone number. I'm really keen to talk to Paul in Leicester. He was the guy, I can see John's trying to call him and he's, he's, he's not there. He may well have been silenced by the Illuminati or the New World Order or by uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. We just don't know. Or maybe that was him making his point and we might see the problem that he's facing in yep. getting his um, facts that aren't quite right in his words. Yep. Or voiced. maybe um, he, he's run out of Asda credit because he's on Asda, Asda phone. Or maybe his mum has just told him to shut up and go to bed. <laughs> that, that, the, all of these things are possible. Yeah. By the way, I've just posted on the Monkeys um, Facebook page, the Zilch page. It's a great page. Really nice people. So the main thing from the uh, Nez interview, he's getting a new first national band together to play some shows. The board's going nuts, guys. I'm, I am currently melting a tiny, tiny little corner of uh, Facebook. Yeah. Um, 0344 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. We'll, we'll sit and um, 
go through some of the newspapers. Uh, shall we? I watched my boy, my seven-year-old boy, play football. First uh, football game against another school today, and I'm going to be honest. Hey, with the, my boy's team were awful, but it was great because um, I I don't play football. I don't watch football. Football is not a part of our house. We've got a football somewhere, but we don't really go over the park for a kick around. We go and. Um, uh, collect leaves is what we tend to do. We go on like little nature walks and we'll take the dog off and we'll collect leaves and if they find feathers we'll we'll get feathers and we collect sticks and then they play in the little stream. That's that's what we tend to do. So I went to see it uh, today and I was talking to some of the other dads uh, and I said, uh, well we don't uh, we don't really we don't really do football in the house and both the dads I spoke to went, well, no neither do we. So yeah, so it was so we were there shouting in courage. Come on, boy. Come on. Man, man on. Kick that. Man on. It was a lovely bit, right? One of the kids on my boys team because they play rugby or but this was football. So there's the kid from the my boys team and another kid and the the, the, the boy the kid from my boys team's got the ball. Another kid comes up to him. They're seven years old, right? Another kid comes up to him, and the the boy from my boys' school just pushes him both hands, <laughs> just pushes him <laughs> like that. And it, was, it was beautiful, beautiful. That's what we like. That's what we like. Um, but it was, he was, he, it, it, you know, my boy is like what I was when I was seven year old. He's, he's taller than everyone else. He's lanky. He's he's very bookish, very bright. Um, and he does what I did. He, he'd run towards the ball and then sort of turn his body away because he didn't want to get hurt. Good for him. Good for him. He's not stupid. Oh, of course he's not. Of course he's not. Well done, him. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Got ways to um, spice up your sex life. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's go to Ian. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Ian. <laughs> I have a question for you. Do you know who you sound like? Go on. You sound a bit like this. What are you beefing on about? You sound like that guy. Really? Yes. Unga, 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 shanga, unga, unga, unga. Your, your name's not really Dave, is it? No, absolutely not. Hmm. Flipping, eh? Okay. All right, then, Ian. What you got for us, boss? I've got a question for you, Ian. Yes, sir. Your name is spelled I-A-I-A-N. No, it's not. Uh, well, yeah. Actually, you said that. No, I didn't. Uh, I've never yeah, I've yeah. never said my name is spelled I-A-I-A-N. Okay. Shall I tell you how it's spelled? Go on. I A. I N. I A I N. Yes. Ah. The correct way I, to spell it. I, I thought the spelling was I A I A N. That's E. Which Yayan. 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 The Welsh pronunciation Yayan. Yayan. You, do you spell I, yours I A N? Yes, correct. God, it's a boring name, isn't it, Ian? Yes, it is. It's totally boring. Awful. Or what were our parents thinking? Well, my father was of Scottish descendant, and he also served in the uh, uh, Cameron Highlanders. Well, then why uh, is it? Why has he spelt your name the English way? You tell me. <laughs> 
but he, he also gave me a, a load of other uh, Scottish names. My full name. Here we go. Uh, before I added another name. Yes. Uh, is Ian Edward Cameron Jackson. Flipping heck, mate. He's <laughs> you couldn't get me. All you need is a Mac in there somewhere, a muck. But, but uh, otherwise, that's 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 full Scotch. Absolutely. And to compound the felony, I added Hoyle into the uh, mix, and I am now known as Ian Edward Cameron Hoyle hyphen Jackson. Why? Oh, this is interesting. So you you, you added a, a, a hy- you hyphenated your surname. Why did you do that? If you don't mind me asking, I did that because I had a dalliance uh, with uh, here we go uh, with a young. <laughs> here we go. I had a dalliance with a young lady uh, whose surname at the time was Hoyle, H-O-Y-L-E. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I, uh, I I changed my name by depot to Ian Edward Cameron Hoyle, her name, yeah. uh, hyphen Jackson. But then you split up with her? Absolutely. God, this is the most intriguing conversation... Well, she- I've ever had. She actually, she split up with me. Did you change? Did you add the Hoyle before or after the break? Uh, before. Okay. Um, do you think that's maybe why she dumped you? Because she thought it was weird. No, I don't think so. Um, her behaviour during the relationship she was living with me at the time, yeah, was uh, was just wrong. Oh, so, I'm sorry um, to hear that. So uh, I had to ask her to leave. Oh, mate, I'm sorry to that, but you kept the name. That's that's interesting. Oh yes, absolutely. Is she the one that you you, you, you we, we've all got one, haven't we? We yeah. look back and oh, think, yes. I wonder, I wonder if I'd tried this or if she'd been prepared to to try this. I don't mean sex. I mean just you know. I don't. I don't. I'm, I mean if I'd been a bit different or if she'd been able to accept this about me or if I. I wonder if we'd still be together. Is, is she that one, Ian? Um, no, not really, Ian. Um, we uh, we. We split up because of the differences in our attitudes toward relationships. Yeah. And um, uh, I, I, I just I thought, well, I can't accept this anymore. But uh, here's another fact. Yeah. Uh, I have been married and divorced three times. Wow. How the hell did that happen, man? <laughs> you, again, you tell me, mate. Yeah. Expensive? No, not particularly. Really? Yeah, really. What is it you... Is it, I, I want to ask a question, but I want to ask it delicately. But I, I can't yeah, think of a delicate right. way of asking it, Ian, so I'm going to well, ask it... Ask, ask it hard. All right, all right I'm going to ask it hard, right? Yeah. What is it about you that means that the three marriages you've had have all ended in divorce? Is there, is there? Do you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm not saying this in a critical way. Is there something about you? The the only thing I can think, Ian, is um, I am a different person from the time uh, when I uh, went through all, all those relationship problems. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's that's the only thing I can think. I am certainly uh, 
a different person uh, from what I was back then. Um, you with anyone now, Ian? No, I'm divorced and single living alone. And uh, how are you finding that? Well, I do find the consolation uh, of having uh, two surviving children who are very supportive of me. Beautiful. Even though they uh, they are long-distance relationships. Okay. Well, Ian, it's really nice to talk to you, and I really appreciate you sharing some quite personal details with me. Thanks very much, mate. I hope everything, you know, I hope everything goes the way you want it to go. That's all right, mate. I think it is heading that way now. Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. <laughs> oh, I just, I'm just about to say goodbye. What do you mean it's heading that way now? Have you got your eye on someone? No, 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 no. I'm 78 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, I hope you're sitting down. Yeah. Uh, I have been recently diagnosed with a second cancer, which is cancer of the lung. Oh. And I, I, I've decided not to have oh, uh, the, uh, the treatment that they suggested. Uh, and I've been released into the community under palliative care with my GP. Oh, mate, I'm sorry to hear that, Ian. I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, have they have they given you? I mean, we all know what palliative care means. Have they, have, have they told you how long you've got? No, uh, but uh, I reckon I may because of my constitution, uh, which is quite weak at the moment. In fact. The medical authorities describe me as geriatric, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> oh, no. oh no, it made me laugh when I read it. Uh, <laughs> geriatric and frail. <laughs> well, you sound, you don't sound geriatric. Your voice certainly doesn't sound frail. You've got a much younger voice. I wouldn't have put you at seventy. I'd have put you late sixties. I'd put you ten years younger. Well, my father was exactly the same. He died of cancer, cancer of the bladder. Yeah. And uh, he was always taken for at least 20 years younger than uh, his actual age. Yeah. Um, Are you scared? No, not absolutely not scared of dying. But what I told the uh, medical authorities and the social worker that are currently dealing with my case, I said I am petrified of how i'm going to die um what in case what is painful and humiliating well, are those your fears absolutely yes yeah. painful yes but uh, as it's lung cancer um i i'm told that uh, as there are no nerve endings in the lung that um uh, there should be no pain uh, i think the way you are talking about this i find it fascinating um and i think you're you're an inspiration mate i think you're a real inspiration i hope that doesn't sound patronizing no absolutely not you see i have a faith i i'm a spiritual excuse me go on i'm a spiritualist medium and healer and i have been for many many years and uh i have accepted that i have to go at some time and now I know what is going to uh, take me away. And I know, uh, not believe, I know that I have got a lot to look forward to. Good for you. Good for you. Um, 
Every time I go to end this conversation, you come out with something else that is mind-blowing. We'll, we'll do the ads in a minute. Sorry, John. Um, I, I'm assuming that, that, that you've, you've, you've tried the, the, the healing, and, and that's obviously had no impact. Well, I am getting healing right. for my feelings about my condition. Great. Uh, and uh, also, I'm getting healing uh, against the shock of getting the news that uh, I had... Uh, developed a second cancer when did you find out ian uh within the last month hey um would you do me a favor go on only if you feel like it will, will you give me a call next week uh yes i can certainly do that i'm listen i'm here monday to friday next week from 10 o'clock only if you feel like it um but yeah. it would just it would just be nice just to know that how you're doing and that you're all right Certainly. Nice one, mate. Thank you so much, Ian. Best of luck to you. Thank, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Cheers. In 20 years of speech radio, that is one of the most amazing calls I've ever taken. Every time I kept going to touch the screen to cut him off, something else, some other little, some other little, some other huge thing came out. What a nice man. What a really, really nice man, and I meant that, an inspiration. Oh, dearie me, tonight's show is all kinds of powerful stuff. I'm really late for the ads. This is Talk Radio. Take a trip into the alternate reality of late night radio. I think I'm in something like the Matrix, and so are you. The Late Night Alternative. Hello, hello. With Ian Lee. Is there anybody out there? On Talk Radio. Hello. Oh, Harry Dean Stanton's died, right? 91 years old. But here's the thing. Something very strange is happening tonight. There is a very strange energy. We talked about the, the uh, Ed's surname, Suicide, at the start. and uh, uh, That call with Ian. Harry Dean Stanton was, was the star of the film Repo Man, which I was talking about with Nesmith. And he's on my mind because I'm going through the London Film Festival programme looking for films. And all the films I want to see are on the week that I'm off. And I'm going away. I want to I see Jabberwocky on the big screen all cleaned up and stuff. But I can't because it's on the week I'm away. Um, but there was a film. And I can't remember what it was called. But it's Harry Dean Stanton. And I hadn't thought about him for ages and ages and ages. And so I read about him two, two and a half hours ago. Talking about a film he was in half an hour ago. He's died. There's a, there's, there's a strange energy in the air. Love that call from Ian. Thank you, mate. Do, do keep in touch. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, I have got 52 ways to turn on your lover. Survey shows 40% of women lose interest in sex. After a new survey found, 4 in 10 women lose interest in sex after 12 months when living with a partner. What can you do to get the spark back? Below, a son writer explains how she rediscovered her bedroom mojo after living with her boyfriend for a year. A year? She lost it after a year. My wake-up call came one morning when my boyfriend turned to me and said, are we ever going to have sex again? I'm going to have to get a mistress at this rate. I very nearly spat out my tea. It was a joke, but 50% of every joke is the truth. What? Stats. We have been together for 18 months and been living together for a year. Like most couples in the early honeymoon period, at first we couldn't keep our hands off each other. Let's move in together, I said one afternoon after a steamy session. Then we can do this every second of every day. God. 
No, I'm never saying that uh, to anyone ever again. So we did move in, that is. And at first it was great. I would dress up in sexy lingerie and surprise... Even the word lingerie makes me tingle downstairs. I love the lingerie, the lingerie department. I love it. Do you, do you love the lingerie department, Dennis? Yes, I do. Good lad. Well, you know, sex again. What's wrong with sex? Well, when was the last time you and Mrs. Dennis had sex? I don't tell you tricks like that, but I'll tell you something else. Yes. It was always great. It was always great. Would you like, to, would you like, we might be able to get you a, um, a, a, a senior citizen discount on a sex bot. No, thank you very much. They're, they're beautiful. Well. Every hole's a goal. <laughs> it's easy enough to get out of good sex by picking the right girl in the first place. Okay, well, you, if, the thing is, if Mrs. Dennis wasn't feeling up to it, you could have it off with robot Samantha. No, thank you. Really? Self is necessary. Sounds like you're a little bit scared that she might be um, too 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 much woman for you to handle. Joking, you're joking. She's a great girl. You're, you're talking about Mrs. Dennis here, not um, Samantha. She's a great girl. Well, Dennis, um, thanks for that. Was there, was there any point to this call, or you just want to brag about your sexual conquests? You're on about sex again, and I think that old boy there, who is obviously dying, he's a great fellow as well. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? I really enjoyed that call. He's an inspiration to people. Yeah, yeah, he is. We don't talk, we don't talk, I, I say this all the time, we don't talk about dying enough in this country. Well, I'm up for it, of course. <laughs> you're up, what, you're up for dying? Sooner or later, yeah. Hey, come on, a... buddy. Listen, you're dying from the day you're born. Yes, well, you're, how old are you, 92 now? Nearly 93. Yeah, I've got a sweepstake, as you know, six, if, if you make it to 93, you get 60 quid. If you don't, I get 60 oh, quid. You've pulled my leg like that before. I'll pull your plonker in a minute. Thank you, Dennis. Bye-bye. Dirty sod. You dirty old man. (laughs) So let's just recap. Lingerie turns me on. No, before that, I don't want to hear that again. They lost interest after a year. This is what they're saying. 40% of women lose interest in sex after a year. God. Um, we used to have chandelier swinging sex every day, everywhere. We made Christian Grey look tame. I think Christian Grey is, is a... I think he's borderline rapist. Yeah, he's horrible. It is a, a thoroughly unpleasant. But a year in, problems started to arise. I got fed up cooking and cleaning while he slobbed out in front of the TV in his pants. Oh. Rejoicing or consoling himself, depending on whether Chelsea had won or lost. Oh, kick him out. My Victoria's Secret underwear became Marks and Spencer Jim Jams. Don't you not Marks and Spencer Jim Jams. You're always in your dressing gown, he would moan, as I shuffled around the flat, clearing up after him. By now, our sex life was drier than the Gobi Desert. Do you see a mistake? What? Clearing up after him. What you do is you get a nice big pile and you stick it in front of him and go out. And I, I would just say... I've put everything in a bin bag once no, and threatened to throw it out of the window. I'd say thanks very much for putting that in a pile. Great. I know. Just don't touch anything. Here's the thing. Don't. I know where everything... I hate it when, when people I've lived with tidy up. Where is my... Where are my keys? Where's that bit of paper? Where's that photo? Where's that... Because I, I know where everything is. No, but if we're talking about plates and, you know, he's slobbing, let, let him you have a little do, nest and go out. He can do, sort himself no, out. We, what, what, no, not at all. I'd be, I'd be grateful of a table full of stack plates. Beautiful. You, you only clean stuff when you need it. 
There's no clean plates. You cl- you wipe a plate down under the tap, under the cold tap. Get the cold tap running. Get it off. Beautiful. That'll do. Dry it with a Xerxes tea towel. Um, bishy bashy boshy. We're there. We'll have to carry this on after the news. Oh three. Four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome to. I'm Ian Lee. She's Catherine Boyle. This is the late night alternative. You're listening to Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. The first three, I mean, all of the Michael Nesmith albums have their moments, right? The first three, first, uh, first national band, uh, the Magnetic South, Loose Salute, and I can't remember what the third one is. Um, but they're, they're, they're just that. It's just that sound, and they're incredible, and they sold about 25 copies apiece, and they're just amazing. 0344 499 It's five minutes past 12. I don't think... We might have a lock-in tonight. I don't know if I'm feeling a lock-in vibe tonight. It's a very strange show. Very, very strange show. I remain to be convinced. I could yeah. stop, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, we've had two lock-ins this week. I don't know if all been fun. People have been saying, oh, you're going to put the lock-ins as no. a podcast? No. Let's keep it secret and oh, special. That defeats the, the, the point of it. If we put it as a podcast... 
And if you know it's going to be a podcast, then you won't listen to it. So it's going to be like a little secret club where we, uh, the show is, if the show is a rocking, we're going to have a radio lock in. And we've had two this week. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Good evening, Clive. Evening, boss. You all right? Yes. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, well, I was, I was, uh, I was distracted. I was, I was ringing you about one thing you said just before the news, but I've, I've just noticed that uh, Harry Dean Stanton's passed yep, away. Yep, yep, yep. The age of ninety-one, and we were. Um, I was reading about about him two and a half hours ago, and I was talking about a film that he was in with Michael Nesmith an hour ago. Isn't life weird? That's why. Well, he, he was in. Uh, in oh, this is an awful saying, and it's a really badly phrased. I was going to say he was in. Uh, he obviously was in uh, the. Twin Peaks to Return. Oh, I haven't seen Twin character. Peaks to Return. Is it any good? I can't answer that question. Thanks very much indeed. There we go. That's fine. <laughs> okay, sorry, um, but but he was in it, and uh, and it, you know, and it's not to glorify it or whatever. But I, what I will say is, uh, he was still uh, fagging it at the end. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, Ninety-one. You know. Yeah. Good for him. Still have a fag on. You've got to respect that. Um, but no, the thing I was, uh, the thing you mentioned before about the, because uh, I read uh, the day, I saw the day of the star today for different reasons. Yes. And I was going to uh, send you the picture about the sex bots and my, and the weird comments page, but I think you've done that. But the, um, but the thing is about the, and then the thing in the sun about the uh, 52 ways to yep. leave your, yeah, yeah. 52 not, ways to, to your keep your, keep, this is how they phrase it, 52 ways to keep her keen all year. Well, they were they were rubbish. I, I, I sort of was talking about it with a friend earlier, and uh, there was only sort of one which features football. You know, oh yeah, that'd be all right. Oh. But it was like, you know, do a for anyway, anyway. But the the thing was, so I, I was reading through it all. But what you were just saying, which I thought was interesting, was the um, was the was the washing up thing. Because because I've yeah. like got loads of plates that I never use. Yeah. I've got loads of cutlery. There's only me living here on my own now. Yeah. And it's mental. I could cater for like five thousand people, but when I used to stay in the uh, can't name a hotel, is that all right? Why does everyone think they're not allowed to name place? Where does this come from? Unless you're going to say the hotel killed your children or, or, or sexually molested someone, then yes, of course you can name the hotel. Well, well, it was it was it was it was a Dolphin Square in right. London. Oh well, all <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> right, but they used to. Put well, Dolphin, up, Dolphin uh, Square's not a hotel. No, it's like a set of apartments. Yeah, yeah. I, dr- I drive past Dolphin Square every single night on the way to work. Uh, well, yeah. So they, they, but they used to put me up in there, or whatever, for four nights a week. Who put you up um, in Dolphin Square? Oh, don't you remember? Kyle had a job he couldn't tell us about. Oh, oh no, now Catherine, that's going back to the place that you're not allowed to talk about. Yeah. No idea but, uh, yes, what you I two did. are talking about. I wish you two would get a room and sort it out. But yeah, no, I did. I used to work in that place in in that London, and they used to put me up in Dolphin anyway. But the thing was, what they had, and it was a brilliant idea. And I, I remember thinking I should put this into place when I go home. Yeah. But what they did was, you got like a little self-contained apartment thing, yeah. and you got given like so you open the the uh, kitchen cupboard or whatever, and you had one plate, one small plate, yeah, one bowl, yeah. One knife, one fork. Keep moving. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke for the mums and dads out there. (laughs) We'll all be merry and bright. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But but no, it's true. And I thought, do you know what? That's a brilliant... Because because what I do, and I don't know if you 
you do it either one of you but you know I'll, I'll make me, me, me tea me dinner or whatever and I'll have a plate and I'll cut me tea I'll do it the next, not wash it I'll do it the next day and he's going to get another plate and I think at the Dolphin it made you think about it and go do you know what if it doesn't get washed up it ain't getting done is it so I better do it you know why because that place caters largely for public school boys who've never had to wash anything up in their lives. What, what are you saying, Cassie? I'm not so it, a public school boy. So it forces them to pull the finger out. I went once. I almost got into Cambridge. I got down to the interview section, then they realised um, their mistake. But when you stay overnight there, I, I was eating in, like, the refectory. You don't even put your own plates away. They had someone that came and did that. And they had someone that made your bed every morning. Outrageous. So all these MPs who are used to that kind of behaviour, it's a good way of training them to wash up, I think. I I think it's a good idea. I think, like I said, I just like leave the loads on with like, you know, like baked on, you know, uh, what do you call lasagna from the night before? Because I'm a scrubber these days, but there you go. That's all right if you live on your own, but if there's four of you doing that, you soon become uh, Mr. Trebus territory. Mr. Watch Territory. Oh, Mr. Trebus. Oh, Mr. Trebus. You don't know who Mr. Trebus is? No. Enjoy this rabbit hole. I'm going to spell it to you. Mr. Trebus. T-R-E-B-U-S. Thank me later, Clive, when you watch the hours of footage on YouTube. Enjoy! I'll give it a go. Thanks, Ian. Thank you, mate. Mr. Trebus, guys. It's a great recommendation. We could be saving him from the future. Good evening, Pablo. Hip, hip, hip. Yeah, hip, hip. I, I, I think I've sat on my balls. Cause for the last you think you might have. My balls are really aching. I was just flapping my... I think... God, I know we're mates and everything, but f- I do not need to see that. Oh, I'll tell you what, I've got really achy balls. I'm feeling a bit nauseous. And I, I think I've been... I think they've been too tight. I'm not doing a thing. This is a thing. We can talk about this. You can talk to me about a period if you want. Period in history. The, the, uh, I'm just starting to feel a bit nauseous in my lower stomach, and that normally means that my balls have have, have been um, compacted or or it, it interfered, damaged in some way. So I'm just just standing up, John. You know what I mean, don't you, John? You know what I mean. Got a bit of the sweats and a little bit of a low stomach ache. So I'm just shaking them, shaking them about. Do you want to jump up and down a bit, make no, sure they're properly. No, because you do that, and they can you can you can knock one. Do you need a cool bowl of iced water? It would be nice, but um, I should be I should be all right. And then when I drive home, I'll just loosen my belt and undo my top button on my jeans. And um, oh, there's a story Hasht- about that. Hashtag pray for Ian's balls. There's a story about that. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Hang on a minute. I know. Oh, place my hands together and think of him. Here we go. <laughs> White hand man. Solo sex act at the wheel. Oh, a my. van driver was handed a stiff punishment yesterday stiff. for pleasuring himself at the wheel and filming it on his phone. He was multitasking. Dirty devil. Married John Cormican's sex act was exposed after police seized his mobile phone. <gasps> Officers found clips that were saved during a steamy chat Cormican 35 had with a woman online. The footage showed Cormican pleasuring himself while uh, while driving a works van in April. Prosecutor Penny Ferguson said it is clear he was not in proper control of the vehicle as his hands are not on the steering wheel. She explained... 
Go on. If April's all right. There we go. She, uh, she, uh, um, thank you very much indeed. Boom-cha. She explained, police attended his address for an unrelated matter this year. During that search, a number of computers and other devices <gasps> were seized. The, uh, oh, uh, this uh, doesn't uh, sound good. Uh, at one point, he passed a cyclist. At another, he was at a zebra... Oh, no. No, no, no. This stops being a joke now and becomes, at one point, he was at a zebra crossing as a woman and a child walked from one side of the road to the other. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, uh, he, he said it had a devastating effect on his life. He'd resigned from his job and moved out of the marital home. Well, I'm not surprised. Dirty dog. Here we go. Fair play, though. He only got fined 1,500 quid and nine, nine points. So nine points for masturbating whilst filming yourself as you're driving. Some people with a clean licence might think, well, you know what, it's not, it's not a disqualification, is it? It's not, it's not a disqualification. Anyway, Mr. Trebus, T-R-E-B-U-S, everybody on uh, Twitter is annoying me. Yes, Pablo? Yeah, well, um, I would, I've just been listening back to some of your former um, dealings on former radio stations. Um, but, yeah, no, I was um, just listening to a lot of Barry from Watford-related things. And, um, now he's under the, the fall of Edmonds. Is he Is he no longer uh, a, a going concern? I don't know. You'll have to ask him. He's, he's not we thought he was dead, to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 I was told he'd been murdered by his lunatic son, my, uh, Dave St. Michael. It was Dave from... Uh, uh, and then next thing I know, he's on telly. So we bumped in. No, we bumped into Barry from Watford on the way to Sparks. Did that yeah. went out in the thing, didn't yes, it? it did, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Barry on the other day. We literally we were off to see Sparks, and we bumped into Barry from Watford in a naughty part of Soho. He was coming down a flight of stairs. It's a bit embarrassing, actually. Yeah, it was with incredible. Me some money. Absolutely incredible. No talks. Um, well, no, well, well, one of the things I was listening to, which is uh, possibly something that you could use for your lock-ins. Uh, with Halloween coming up, yes, I was listening to one of them where you you did a, a play, and I was thinking that maybe that could be something that you could do again. Are you suggesting that we reuse old material? No, no. Well, the concept of a play is you know it goes back to the ancient Greeks. <laughs> so you're not, That's the oldest you're not, of material. Uh, but when do we do a play? What when I was at LBC? Uh, absolute, I believe. It's, I've done a, in that case. I've done a play twice. We did one at LBC and we did one at Absolute, and um, it had like Vinny and Andre yeah. and Barry. Um, let, all right, let that percolate because it was very funny actually. Let that percolate in the back of my well, head. I was thinking just with Halloween coming up, well, you could just as a change a of tone. Involved, a bit too involved now, but yeah, go on. Well, no, no, just yeah. as, you know, just as a, yes. um, um, un, unpaid stage director. Yes. Um, you could do it on a Halloween theme, what? you know, mix it in. Too it, obvious. It, it, makes, it makes your previous identity relevant. Too obvious, okay. too obvious, too obvious. No, okay. we do, we, we'll do it, we'll do it, and it will be a surprise. We'll just start doing it one day, and people won't know that we're doing it. Oh, listen, I was, I was pleased to hear as well. I'm, I'm in one of your little uh, pre-clip things. Well, complaining about, complain about my internet. There you go, you see. Dreams can come true, Pablo. Dreams can come true. Oh, three, four, I've got no idea what that man was talking Just about. Just nod then. and smile. Okie dokie. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Experience the unconventional. Evening, boss. The unpredictable. What's and the completely unorthodox. Exactly. With rule-free Ian Lee. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. I've got no internet for the last four days. On Talk Radio. 
I've rediscovered the, I've done this for years, the joys of drawing around the bodies of people uh, in photographs in newspapers using a biro pen. And it really does make, um, <laughs> it's great fun, isn't it? It's great fun. And there is, there, there is no joy better than drawing uh, an evil beard and, uh, and uh, glasses and colouring in teeth on, on pictures. In My newspapers. daughters always beg me for, right. I don't really buy women's magazines anymore because it's nonsense. No. But if I ever get like a free one, I'll have a look at it, and then the girls will say, can I have that, please? And they go through it systematically, and everyone Great. gets an overhaul. Beautiful. Back to these um, losers. You're always in your dressing gown, he would moan, as I shuffled around the flat, clearing up after him. By now, our sex life was drier than the Gobi Desert. It had been weeks, possibly months, since we'd done it. Oh, God. He told me he was suffering from blue ball syndrome. Yeah, I ain't pretty. I wasn't sure if it was a thing, but he did look ill. So when he threatened to have an affair, part of me didn't doubt it. I mean, he could always have one off the rest. I mean, that was that, that is an option. That will relieve... Blue balls is a thing. I've had it. That would relieve it. Ultimately, I didn't want to lose him. Do they go blue? No, but it, it hurts. He is a good-looking guy with lots of admirers. I needed to take control of the situation. Firstly, I made him help out more around the house. If he was good... I rewarded him with sex. Oh, I hate that. Sorry? Help out around the house suggests that it's her job. Okay. It's your house. It's not helping. It's well, doing your bit. She has said two of her jobs here, clearing up and sex. Well, she's an idiot. First, I made him help out more around the house. If he was good, I rewarded him with sex. Idiot. It worked. Soon he was scrubbing the floor like a car wash gone haywire. No one scrubs the floor anymore. Was this? Was this 1927? You're out there browning the front doorstep. Come on, guys. Then I started... Now, this I don't like. This I don't like. Then I started to schedule in sex. No. I had a no-excuses policy. Uh. I even set an alarm on our phones so we didn't forget. She sounds like a bloody nightmare. She really does. Throughout the day, I bombarded him with naughty pictures of my wawa as oh. a taster of what was to come i spent so long in the bathroom at work i feared my boss would think i had a problem well you, you did you work at the sun your boss did ask you what was going on and then paid you to write a column about it but it was all worth it now our sex life is better than ever we spend the weekends dressing up role-playing and getting dirtier than the dishes in my kitchen sink I'm glad to say our one-year itch is behind us. I bet our neighbours wish it wasn't. Jeez. So here we go. Fifty-two week, fifty-two ways to keep her keen all year, and it's got that. It's got a nice. Um, it's, it's cut out, so you can put right. it on the fridge. Let me tell you something. Yep. Before we begin, I don't respect this woman's authority. Week one, amp up the romance by making a playlist of your relationship songs. Oh. Week two, go shopping for. Se- here we go. Here we go. We're in. Go shopping for sex toys and learn about each other's fetishes. Week three. Wow, this is okay. We've jumped the gun. This is significant. Week three. Try tantric sex. That's just gone from naught to sixty in in naught to sixty nine. I should say. Good one. Uh, Am I right, guys? Four. Week four. Get sticky together by making bonfire toffee. What's that? Week five, dress up in a sexy Halloween outfit for your own private Halloween. So dress up as a sexy zombie. 
She's an idiot. Week six, serenade her or write some poetry. She actually does mean just making toffee. It's not a thing. Week seven, find your inner caveman and build a bonfire. Then enjoy some fireworks of your own. Hmm? Jesus, this is awful. Um, week 12, up the sexual chemistry by playing a flirty game of strip poker. <sighs> I can't be that. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Um, week 16 you've put the Christmas decorations away but you can create your own cosy romantic glow with candles to get your po- this is all about starting fires this woman's a necrophiliac not necrophiliac, pyromaniac wow. don't Pyro- mix those two pyromaniac, up. sorry you don't make that mistake twice guys, trust me um, week 17 it's cold outside so turn up the heat by cooking a romantic meal naked using warm aphrodisiacs like chili chili's not an aphrodisiac i'm not cooking naked it's unhygienic and it's dangerous if that hot fat spits on you also chili on your fingers going to the toilet oh no. god you touch it get that and your your, your the the Anything. eye of the penis um Week 19, book a day off work to curl up on the sofa watching sexy movies like nine and a half weeks. Oh, God. Oh, flipping it. Week 22, leave a naughty gift of a blindfold and whip wrapped up on the bed with a note saying you will be her servant for the week. Week 20... Jesus! Hope you're feeling turned on at home, guys. I'm just getting bunged up. Week 23, wrap up warm and go for a romantic woodland walk. Who knows what might happen with no one looking? I think we all know, because she's probably put it on a list somewhere. Week 27, this is to keep her keen, to keep her moist all year. Put a smile on her face by finishing work early to give the house a spring clean. This woman... Avoid week twenty nine. Avoid April showers with a lazy weekend of massages and sexy foreplay. Week thirty. Show off your rippling muscles while doing some long-awaited DIY. Does anyone else want to dump this woman? Week thirty seven. If she is an early riser, sync your body clock to fit in some morning nookie each day for a week. Oh God. I hate morning sex. I hate it. It's just, I mean, it's horrible. Um, Week 50. It's back to school week. Do your homework and find sex positions that do more for the woman than the man. Week 52. Be her butler in the buff for the evening. Oh, don't. Don't. It really is... uh... That's she, unhelpful. She's isn't a it? nightmare, that woman. It's unhelpful. Oh dear, I'm very tired. I do feel a little bit queer, if I'm honest, this evening. A bit, bit, um, a little bit, a little bit of the sweats going on. A little bit of the sweats. It is warm in here, though. It is. There's something wrong with the aircon, isn't it? Ah, mm-hmm. oh, But that woman, God. No, not doing it for you. Okay. No. Here we go. Clear off, Baldy. Waitress's megaphone blast at customer. 
I love these. A man was mocked for being bald as he left a restaurant by a waitress shrieking through a megaphone. He and two pals say they were left humiliated after complaining the music was too loud. One, known as Mark J, told how they had asked for it to be lowered as it was interfering with his hearing aid. But he said staff turned it up instead at Man Bites Frog, a French bar and restaurant in Chalton, Greater Manchester. Mark wrote on TripAdvisor, Realising we clearly were not wanted, we got up to leave, at which point the waitress produced a megaphone and started using it to shout at us to get out and decided to also mock one of us for being bald. This is brilliant. Classy. The owner... See if you can find this place on TripAdvisor. Man Bites Frog. I mean, it's a great name. The owner and the other members of staff all laughed as this happened. He added... Here we go. Well, it's got good reviews. He added, do you know why one of our party is bald? Really think about that, because for all you know, he may be very ill. They're saying he's got cancer. I bet he hasn't. No. I bet he hasn't. You're saying he may... uh, Cheap shot. Cheap shot. Owner David Cleel Hill said no offence was intended and offered to buy Mark a pint. He said bald men are more virile, so it's not inconceivable. It was a compliment. He added, sometimes the service can be a little cheeky, but I'd rather have my team here than a bunch of drabos with no personality. Give us some of the reviews of this place, then. OK, here we go. Um, OK, I shall just start, start at the top. Start at the top, go on. All right, so three out of five reviewed yesterday. Yeah. High hopes. Me and my partner had high hopes for this restaurant, as it's hard to find this type of cuisine in Cholton. Seems to be descending more into a bar as the food quality and service oh. slips. When it first opened, the dishes were new and great value, but the prices have been creeping up, and it's not really worth the price anymore, especially for the basic one-pot dishes. The oh. steak's actually £17, which I think is very steep, considering the cut of meat. And for a few pound more, you could get a better quality cuts of steak in South Manchester. Uh, here we go, a different one. Five out of five reviewed yesterday. I loved everything about this restaurant stroke bar, inside and outside seating with the inside being a mismatch of furniture. Disappointment about lack of steak frite was forgotten after fantastic baked camembert and even more surprising the lovely rabbit dish. I never liked rabbit before. Music was all my favourites. Even the forgetful service seemed part of the charm. Ah, I see. Uh, Here's another one. Again yesterday, Man Bites Frog is a great place to eat, drink or just enjoy the vibe. There's always some good beers on and the menu stands out from other eateries of Cholton. This is where I first ate Frog's Legs. The backyard's perfect for loafing around on a sunny day and there are interesting books to look at in the bathrooms. Uh, it's just a little bit of fun. It's just it a little bit of ball bands. It's got um, character, this it's place. Ball I know. It sounds like a good place. Well done. Although 17 quid is quite expensive for a steak if it's not that good. 03444991000 is the telephone number. We'll take calls straight to air for the last 30 minutes of the show. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio Mondays to Fridays, guys. Uh, from ten o'clock, it is the late night alternative. We've got some great. Oh, we've got a couple of interviews actually already lined up that are already pre-recorded. Um, Mark Lewisom, the Beatles expert. It's a really, really good interview. Even if you don't like the Beatles, I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, there's a guy who has uh, written a book whose name escapes me right now, uh, Colin Schindler. We recorded it yesterday. We're going to play it tonight. I forgot. We'll do it Do it next week. Um, he's written this really good book. He's compiled this really good book of letters of complaint to the BBC. 
and it is hilarious. They're from the, th- I think the first letter in this from like 1933 or something. And there's a really good section about people writing, complaining about bad language on BBC radio. And they're all from about 1947. And most of them are complaining about the word blast. Blast. Now, God, God blimey. We know that means God blimey. Um, bloody hell. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, but people are complaining about the word blast in a broadcast. And I cannot, for the life of me, work out why blast is an offensive word in 1947. Now, these things usually have a religious or biblical significance, Okay, like court blimey, like I said, uh, and flipping hell, you know, bloody hell. But I cannot for the life of me work out what the religious significance of the word blast is. Do you know? Dear listener, do you know what it might be? 0344 499 1000 is the uh, telephone if you want to give us a call. We'll take calls straight to where. I don't think it's going to be a lock in tonight. It's a very strange vibe. Uh, I'm not saying it's a bad show by any stretch of the imagination. It's been a corker, but it's a strange vibe and it, vibe in it tonight. It's a hard vibe to um, maintain for three hours uh, or, or more than three hours. So we won't have a lock in tonight, I don't think. It might turn around. You never know. Here's um, here's the bullshine story of the day. Um, uh, the ghost of Whitney Houston. Haunted the stage on the BBC's new Tribute Act showdown. (sighs) Comedian Paddy McGuinness is fronting even better than the real thing, bringing together the world's best pop star impersonators. Oh, so some stars in their eyes. So this is stars in their eyes then, isn't it? Isn't it? Am Am I missing something? One is Whitney Houston tribute singer Belinda Davids from South Africa. She claims the spirit of the chart topper. Oh, by the way, this is absolutely true. Absolutely true. You know, we had, um, uh, we read about the story about the psychic who got a message from uh, George Michael to say that Jerry Halliwell was going to relaunch her pop career. It's a big success, right? He's a psychic, right? He, he foretells the future. He was booked to do an interview with me tonight at 8 o'clock that we were going to record and play out tonight. 8.30. It was due at 8.30. I got an email from Catherine saying he'd cancelled because something had come up. Ladies and gentlemen, there we go. 8 o'clock he cancelled because something had come up. You finish off your own gags there, guys. I've got that letter from... Um, I've got this letter from from Ken. I don't know if we go all in and read it. Do we read the letter from Ken? It's been a very weird vibe this evening already. Maybe we maybe we go all in and read it. He said you can, didn't he? He did say I can. Ken, religious Ken. Okay, he said I could read it. Let's go all in. Let's go all in. Some of you will have read it because I've tweeted it. Um, I can blow my nose. I'm so bunged up. I haven't got my Vicks. 
Okay. Here we go. Let's read. Let's go all in, guys. Let, it's a weird show. Let's just bring a dark vibe on us. Hello, Ian. This is uh, August um, the 18th. It is certainly sad, but not surprising, to see your hatred of Jesus. I'm going to read this without comment. Okay, I'm just going to read it. It is certainly sad, but not surprising. He spells my name wrong as well. He's Scottish. I spell it the Scottish way. He spells it the English way. Hello, Ian. Hello, Ian. H-U-L-L-O. Without comment, here we go. It is certainly sad, but not surprising, to see your hatred of Jesus, the Bible, Christians, and myself grow in fervour. 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 May I also say that this hatred, an evil antichrist spirit which controls and grips your heart, is the real source and cause of your present mental instability and severe depression. You, of course, will be angry at my viewpoint, Ian, but please be sure to know that hatred of Jesus, the Bible and Christianity has serious consequences. Sadly, some of which you presently are experiencing in mind and life today. Because of your rebellious spirit towards God, who loves you, you are now a man totally devoid of any true peace in your heart. Likewise, many millions today are in the same depressed mental state throughout the world. However, Ian, please be sure to know that I have absolutely no ill will towards you. You are a very precious soul to Jesus. He loves you and died for your, our sins and offers you grace, mercy, healing, and a new life, if you will sincerely repent to God and trust in him, Jesus the Saviour. This is your God, uh, your choice. God forces no man to believe in Jesus. I do sincerely forgive you, Ian, of your vicious abuse that you uh, expressed towards me on the radio. I will call you no more. Sadly, your life is directly controlled and di- directed by Satan, who desires to destroy you as a person and cause you to go to hell. Jesus dis- um, Jesus wants to heal you, bless you and save you, but you reject him. Your choice. I have been praying for your salvation now, Ian, for about a year, but sadly you are clearly hardening your heart against Jesus and the Bible. Some of this is underlined, some of this is in quotation marks. Due to this, it is possibly now best that I discontinue praying for you. Perhaps it is time now for me to respect your decision to reject Jesus and his love and now allow you to go your own way. If God does direct me to stop praying for you, this I will do. So maybe that says start praying for you, this I will do. There is an epidemic of, in speech marks, depression now throughout the UK. It is no coincidence that this mental problem many now experience is occurring at the same time as our nation grows in hatred towards jesus the bible and christianity food for thought from your friend ken from the newcastle area p.s ian feel free to read this letter on the radio great hatred and uh, opposition towards christians and jesus is uh, something in the Bible to is uh, prophesized in the Bible to increase the closer we get to the second. It's handwritten, so I'm struggling a bit. Uh, uh, the closer we get to the second coming of Christ, so we are well hardened for your antichrist rantings and those of others. You only harm yourself, Ian. 
There is one certain way of becoming unpopular in the UK, by believing in Jesus, by standing for, up for Bible truth, and by speaking against him. Then there's some quotes from the Bible. God, God mocks proud mockers, but gives grace to the humble. Proverbs 3.34 God opposeth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Peter 5.5 5. Hallelujah. Don't... Uh, uh, um, this is I don't know he's written some stuff in brackets I can't read don't be on the side of the mockers Ian be on the side of Jesus my friend why because your eternal destiny is at stake heaven in victory and joy or hell in total and absolute and extreme depression and sadness with no escape forever take great heed which eternal state do you choose Ian your friend Ken I will make no further contact with you, Ian. Shalom. Please don't remain a dead man walking, being a new man in Christ. Um, and i tell you why it's important I read that. Because we started the show with a really sad story um, about a guy that um, some of you will be aware because he came and performed at Performance Ring, who, um, who a uh, 32-year-old lad, who killed himself. Um And stuff, and I don't really want to dwell on that because I don't I don't want to kind of you know be seen to be making something out of that. But it, I think it highlights something that we've, we we had Ross on yesterday, whose mate killed himself a couple of weeks ago. Um, pe- people are di- uh, people are dying. Um, pe- people are actually dying. Young men, old men, young women, old women are are, are killing themselves. They're dying. So, for someone to suggest, ignore all the stuff about me being rude about Jesus and all that, because I'm not, and you'll know that I'm not. I'm not abusive to Ken. Um, I'm argumentative. I'm certainly not abusive to Jesus and and Christianity. Au contraire, I go out of the way to to, to make sure I'm not. Um, But people are dying, man. And and this bloke, who I, I... I think he's... I personally believe he's mentally ill. In, to some degree and i'm being careful how i phrase it because i don't want to be offensive to him and i don't want to say anything but you know out of, out of turn but I, I interpret this letter as as as, as uh, uh, the, the ramblings of someone who is not quite uh, as they should be um stuff like this man is I nearly swore is effed up it's effed up when there are then there are people every day dying because of this disease people like that send this stuff it's the first time i've read that whole letter i only read the first paragraph before that's as far as i could get don't worry it's not upset me it doesn't affect me it doesn't impact me i, I feel sad for him I, I feel sorry for him um but i know that i know that it's bollocks that letter is bollocks hey mate, stay there come to you in a minute oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand this is talk radio that was spooky that howard Hughes thing wasn't meant to be played there no. that is some freaked out mofo shizzle um oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand we'll take call straight to air for the last 10 minutes or so good evening hemo may you be blasted by the fires of hell wowzers that's um uh, is that where blast comes from maybe maybe, maybe. we don't i'm just trying to work out why blast is an offensive word we don't know we just yeah, don't know that's, that's what i reckon it is yeah it could be it sounds old it does sound old doesn't it yeah sounds old yes it does so friday night yeah. 
Having a good time? Friday night, and I just got paid. What's that? Uh, well, I want to rip it up. Let's rip it up. That's that song. Do you want to know what? It's Friday night. I just got laid. Well, oh, Hemo, what a classy well, guy. About half an hour ago. Wow, that's so classy of you to phone a national radio station and tell us. Thank you. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Is she, is she still there? Well, she's upstairs. Wow. What the hell are you doing talking to us, you idiot? Well, I was in the toilet afterwards listening to the radio. What? It was on. And then I just sort of heard Ken, his letter, and you saying blasted before, and I thought, I don't know what blasted is. Well, you've just blasted. Well, exactly. Something out of your... All right, okay, guys. Okay, come on, guys. Um, Well, so why aren't you in bed talking about plans for the future? Uh, We did that, and then, you know, some people get more tired. Well, yeah, well, is she gone to sleep? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, mate. So, so you're going to go home now, or you... No, I've, I've, I've come up to Middlesbrough for the weekend. It's my girlfriend lives up here. Oh, OK. Gosh, you must really love her. I do. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's proven by your um, desire... Romantic. ...to call a radio well, show yeah. 30, 30 minutes after um, having intercourse with her. Well, you know, I'm sure I do lots of things 30 minutes after, after intercourse. Yes, yes. Think about more. Sometimes I go back for more. Wow, that's you really are romantic. Yeah, yes, she, she's very lucky to have you, Hemo. Thank you, thank yeah. you very no, much. No, thank you for for that. So anyway, I, I, I didn't hear the beginning of the show. Did I miss anything? Were there any special guests? Um, Bit, yeah. No, we had nothing. You're, you're the first call of the night. Really? Yeah, it's been very quiet tonight. You're hip, hip, hip. Thank you very much indeed, Hemo. Um, wowzers! Disgusting. So there's a new show that's basically stars in their eyes. Have you heard this? Oh, no. The ghost of Whitney Houston haunted the stage on the BBC's new BBC's new tribute act, Showdown. Oh. Com- comedian Paddy McGuinness is fronting even better than the real thing, bringing together the world's best pop star impersonators. I've, hasn't you already done that? Well, no, th- so this is... I feel like I've seen it. Well, this is stars in your eyes. Mm. One is Whitney Houston tribute singer Belinda Davis oh. from South Africa. Oh, there was one because the, the, I remember one where it was a load of tribute singers because Dust and it was to compete for a, a job in Vegas and the Dusty Springfield one won. All right, mate, calm down. She claims the spirit of the chart topper who was found dead in her bathtub, age 48 in 2012, follows her everywhere she performs. Belinda, who placed to sell out crowds. What was that joke? So I remember that joke about Whitney Houston that someone did the other day. It was funny, wasn't it? What was it? Um, in my head... Oh, I know. Go on. What's, what's Whitney Houston's, Houston's favourite kind of coordination? Go on. And I... Oh, because I, I knew it was something like that, and I remembered it as, what's Whitney... <laughs> that one's funnier. What's Whitney Houston's favourite, um, like, cont- I don't even know what it is, favourite contact lens solution or eye drops... I don't work at all. I believe the children are. That's what. That's how, <laughs> that's how I remembered it in my head. I believe. I believe. That's what is that? What's I believe? Sort of, isn't that an ibuprofen type thing? Could be, I could be. I don't know. I, do, I honestly work it. Work on it because there's something in it. I that. believe the children are the future. Yeah, good. I believe. That's funny. Yeah. That's good as under. No, that was it. That, that was, was good. That was good. We, we all, when he said someone phones up and says, oh, Whitney Houston joke, we all uh, held our breaths. I but clenched. Um, she said, the, um, 
I want to go on the slide. The minute I put on the clothes, something definitely happens. Something comes out of me. <laughs> I feel her. I want to have a go on the slab, my lady. Mm. Is he in prison or out of prison now? I think he might be out. Let me check. He got 15 years, didn't he? Um, what's his name? Oscar Pistorius. That's it. He got quite special treatment. He got let off. And then it went back and he got 15 years. And then he um, cried like a little baby, despite the fact he blasted a young woman away with, for no reason whatsoever. Um... So he, 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 I, I think he's hang inside, on. isn't he? Yeah, hang on, here we go. Should be. Pistorius appeared in court in 2016, June, to start the sentence hearing for the murder conviction, which concluded on the 15th of June, 2016, after the judge, Thokozili Masipa... What did you say? That's what her name was, Thokozili oh, Masipa. Th- for the first syllable there, I thought, wowzers, Kath's a- lost the plot. Adjourned the sentence in until 6th of July, 2016, when, guess what she did? Uh, she gave him 15 years. She extended his sentence to six years in prison f- imprisonment for murder. Oh. So he's in prison? Yeah, but wasn't he in prison, like, in his uncle's house? Uh, that was before that. Oh, then right. I think he got sent to it. And, and, and that was the thing. He's, he couldn't go to a proper prison because they'd laugh at him for uh, doing him in. But I think he went to a proper prison. I hope so, murdering that young lady. Um... I'd go on the slide. We were doing a show in the Philipp. I can't do it anymore. We were doing a show in the Philippines, and the local promoter came up to me afterwards and said he'd brought his psychic to the performance. Of course, he had. He said that Whitney's spirit was right there next to me on stage. That's the closest I've come to being spooked out. It was a little creepy, actually. I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "Wow!" wow. Belinda agreed to take part in the BBC show to help fans remember Whitney for all the success she had. For money. Not the tragedy of her death. She explained, people remember her. Hang on a Listen to this. This is Belinda agreed to take part in the BBC show to help fans remember Whitney for all the success she had, not the tragedy of her death. She explained, people remember her for all the tragedy these days rather than celebrate her life. I'm not here for the sadness. I celebrate her career in a way she would do it. By sucking Before. on a crack pipe. <laughs> I was going to say. And, and uh, having a fight in public with Bobby Brown. There are also George Michael. Little Mix. What? Prince. Well, I time, I go how, and I find, can I talk a car to all Amy Winehouse, Ariana Grande... Dolly Parton and Bruno Mars impersonators oh, on might, the show. I might watch that. Sounds good. Funny man, Paddy McGuinness. Well. Man, let me correct this sentence. Man, Paddy McGuinness. Hello, Paddy McGuinness. Oh. No likey, no likey. Let the dog see the rabbit. I like the lady. I'm a daddy now. I'm Daddy McGuinness. Good one. Hello there. What? Man, Paddy McGuinness, was left red-faced when the stars on the new TV show didn't have a clue who he was. The Take Me Out host said, The girl who was Ariana Grande flew in from Brazil, Whitney Houston came from South Africa, then Dolly Parton came from Australia. Where does he come from? (laughs) And literally no one had a clue who I was. I used to walk in on the studio floor... And everybody knowing who I am. <laughs> what is this? 
But with these, I had to introduce myself. Listen to the arrogance of this man. But with these, I had to introduce myself. Yes, Paddy, you had to introduce yourself to the guests on your show who hadn't watched your crappy take-me-out rubbish. Here's manners, po- buddy, manners. Here's some ownership. Yeah. I bet the new Peter K was. I, um, I, when I return to television, and, and the time is almost right, for me to take back what is rightfully mine and that's that's television and when i do i will always go up to my guests and say hello i'm ian lee and i will shake them by the hand and i will look them in the eye that's what i'm gonna do can't wait for that admittedly my important meeting the other day didn't go particularly well well i mean i don't know i I say it didn't go well it ended up with um uh, one of the women i was meeting in tears and um, the other one refusing to make eye contact with me as I stormed out and slammed a door. I don't know. I, I've, been, I've been to a TV meeting for 15 years. Is that a good way to end it? That sounds like progress. It sounds like something. Dear listener, that is it. That is your lot. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, Virgin Radio. There's only two more of those bad boys left, so come and get it while it's lukewarm or tepid. Uh, don't forget the podcast. If you're coming on Sunday night to the rabbit hole, look forward to seeing you. Stick around afterwards. Go up to the bar upstairs and we'll... Come and say hello. It starts at seven o'clock. Download the podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Ian Lee at Flippin Kath with no G, Kath with a K. Back on Monday at ten o'clock. Ta ta.